Despite all of her ninja prowess, Yuffie is super airsick. Cloud tells her, hey, never read On the High Wind. I bet you she wishes she had Audible.com. She could read, you know, how to fuck over your friends, how to be a big jerk, how to steal things, criminal manuals, anarchist cookbook, um, all kinds of just terrible manuals for terrible people she could listen to and not uh, want to puke. So uh, Yuffie would have wanted to go to audibletrial.com forward slash watch out for fireballs and start a free trial and support the show. So, as we approach the North Crater for the final showdown with Sephiroth, I'd ask you all to think about what you're fighting for. Do you have any regrets? Because now might be your last chance. So go, make your peace, and I won't blame any of you if you don't come back. Hoo-hoo-hoo! <laughs> oh, Sid! You return, and without your entourage... What do I owe this pleasure? Uh, uh, yeah. I, I was wondering if you could tell me about tell me about space, uh, Mako, and the uh, the, the, the soda stream. Hmm. You must mean the life stream. Well, I'd be happy to. You see, some say that the soul starts at conception, but we know. Now's my chance. I'll get him. I don't want to go against no one-winged angel with any regrets. And the planet will usually use holy, mako, life stream, lava, crabs, sand, smoothies, ancients, whatever to make up the difference. When you turn on your airship, thousands of souls are. What? What, what, what are you doing? Fall down, ball man! God damn it! Fall down, ball man! Okay, I, I, I can't! Okay, 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 okay. Listen to me. This is not helping. I suppose you're right. I'm sorry I was acting so, so immature. Now's my chance. <laughs> By the life stream. I haven't met a man I can't make fall down. <laughs> Sid, do you realize how many huge materia I have control over? Do not make me Bohemet Zero you. You're right. I'm really sorry. I mean, the planet and everything, and I'm really, really sorry! Come on, get It's a gyroscope, you idiot! I cannot be knocked down. <laughs> what the? I just fried your circuits, ball man. Tell your spooky ghost ball to watch out for Faraga. Ho! My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. 
And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro video games podcast. And this week we are continuing our, our, our discussion of Final Fantasy VII, which is a JRPG uh, developed by Squaresoft and published by Sony for the PlayStation in 1997. Yep, and this is part three of a three-episode arc. So uh, we can't imagine anyone has not, but if you have not started <laughs> at the beginning, you should start at the beginning. Yes. Um, so in the previous episode, we played up uh, to the first encounter with Sephiroth at the North Crater. Uh, after the events that, that, that took place there, Cloud seems to be lost to the world. He's fallen into the life stream. Sephiroth has the Black Materia. The weapons are on the loose, and the North Crater is sealed by a force field. So, uh, you know, since we have kind of a tailwind there and things are looking up, that's where we're going to start. Yep, and uh, where we left, you know, the heroes who are not, like, floating around in Earth goo... <laughs> Um, you know, everybody kind of lit out with uh, Shinra because they have an airship and, uh, you know, real estate values are going down quick and uh, they get arrested. So we, we pick up on uh, Tifa and Barrett as they're going to be executed as uh, as Meteor is about to slam into the earth um, yeah. as kind of public figures. So, you know, they argue, you know, we didn't do this. And it's like, it doesn't matter. You know, somebody needs to be responsible for this. Yeah. And, and this will work. And I love the idea that, like, this is this is an incredibly shrewd political move on Shinra's part. Mm-hmm. Right? And, yeah, you know, it totally like, makes sense. Like, oh, you mean the mass murderers from Midgar? <laughs> yeah, They're going to do some more like, mass murdering? That seems right. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. all of this is their fault. Burn the witch. Yeah. Right. And whereas, in fact, only some of it is their fault. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to make things worse. Um, mm. You know, as you do. So, <laughs> Barrett's is, uh, um, you know, like there's basically a press conference that being that's being held. Scarlet is the one who's kind of like heading this ish- this initiative up. Tifa is locked away in a gas chamber, and uh, uh, Kate Sith comes along disguised as a reporter, I think, or something, and deploys his uh, sleeping gas. To, yeah, uh, to give Yuffie's disguised as a reporter. I can't uh, remember what Kate Sith is disguised as. Somebody in the press corps. Yeah, yeah something like that, like a different yeah. reporter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a different a, a statistician, a different kind yeah. of statistician, <laughs> statistician and a different and, kind of reporter. And, yeah, the mathematician. Yes. Yeah. The, um, yeah. So uh, essentially, and the, some of the, the chronology of exactly how these events happened Doesn't got a little mean. bit lost on me. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, you, you know, you kind of get stuck. Like you're going to try to shut down the, the gas chamber. You can't. You leave the door locks behind you. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to Tifa. To, to go ahead and do that. But a, a guard comes and checks in there and drops a key. How does the key get in there? Or the guard yeah. dropped it before he left. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a moron. Yeah. Well, um, well, they designed a gas chamber with the controls inside of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OSHA. Um, the, the, so Tifa does this weird, like, popping. I imagine her just, like, popping her joints out of, like, her, yeah. dislocating her shoulder and everything to escape and, and get this key, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a cool little, like, can you lose this? Not really, no. I mean, I could imagine it being really frustrating if there was a time limit, but as it stands, I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. It's just, like, figuring out the correspondence of your buttons to your body parts mm-hmm. to figure out how to transport this key from your feet uh, to your mouth, to your hands, right. and then to the other hand. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty neat. So that's really cool. And so you get out and you can't really open the door or shut things off. But conveniently, Sapphire Weapon shows up and uh, mm-hmm. everything kind of goes to hell. Yep. Um, yep. And you, uh, so you eventually you escape, you, you meet up with Barrett at this point and you kind of, kind of gather a, a party that ended up being for me, like the real scratch and dent sale <laughs> of my Final Fantasy VII group. Like, yeah. oh, a long time Yuffie. Okay. <laughs> so, so now, you know, you're, you're Barrett, Kate Sith and Yuffie. Um, you know, as Barrett escaped, uh, mm-hmm. Tifa's out on her own. Yeah. And it's like, here, here's some people I haven't leveled up in forever. Um, <laughs> and mostly you're fighting just kind of easy Shinra soldiers, but yeah. some of them are a little bit tougher. Um, so there are like a, 
just because my guys are so under level and leveled and so under equipped, this yeah. ended up being difficult. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, you know, materia makes it just a little bit easier, but I almost didn't want to bother like updating their equipment because yeah, exactly. Know, this is such a short sequence. This is a work glove sequence, pretty much. This is like a job for the work glove. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, Sapphire's attack on on uh, Junin is actually pretty cool. It starts firing all these like water waves at it, um, and then the sister A fires and blows off part of its face, and it bleeds Mako blood. Kind of showing yep. how just destructive these weapons are. This is the first time you see one in action. Right. Yeah, and then all the um, uh, all the like individual soldiers with rocket launchers and stuff. Like this is this is a really cool cutscene. Um, I think this sells the concept of the weapons. Yeah, you know and, pretty well. And and like like the reason that they're rampaging and going after going after humans is because um, they can't get at Sephiroth, right? Yeah. So they're going after like the second threat to, uh, to the planet, which is well, not know, just the second threat, but they want to shore up the planet with uh, life stream. True. You know, so they want to kill as many people as possible to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to heal the planet when this yeah. inevitable catastrophe happens. And also post- stop uh, Shinra from, like, draining the planet as well. Yeah, Shinra, I mean, you know, Shinra, there's always a good reason to fight Shinra. <laughs> um, I pointed out on Facebook, too, like, I, I forgot that this thing was called Sister Ray. Like, when I first mm-hmm. played this, I did not know the Velvet Underground. And then now that I do, like, it's a really weird uh, reference. Um, yeah, they they uh they've got some good they've got some good pop culture stuff in them. There's a there's a response that we're gonna read in the extra so that uh, that kind of points some of that stuff out. Hmm. Yeah, but uh, what's funny about Sapphire Weapon, if I can digress here for a moment, is it's never named in the game, and it was it, it never got a name until uh, what am I thinking of here? Until it was like released in action figure form ten years later. Like it's hmm. it's never named in in any of the uh, strategy guides. It's just hmm. a weapon. And I have distinct recollection of like playing it and having my cousin say like, "Oh, here's Sapphire Weapon." Yeah. So it's this weird kind of like memetic legacy, <laughs> right? <laughs> that kind of like spread out where everybody knows that it's called Sapphire Weapon. And Square Enix said, "Yeah, why not it's Sapphire Weapon?" Yeah, it may, you know it makes sense. Yeah, it makes it just does. as much sense as I mean that's just the the naming convention. Mm-hmm. We don't see very many of the weapons, but I when I looked yeah. on the Final Fantasy wiki, mm-hmm. and this is probably all extended universe nonsense, but yeah. there are more of them than than I remember. Yeah, there are just four in the game: diamond, sapphire, emer- uh, emerald, and ruby. Right. Yeah. Yep. And and adding those uh those extra ones, which is you know is fine. It's fine. Yeah. I suppose if you're gonna have an extended universe, might as well throw some weapons in there. Mm-hmm. Um. The, uh, so, so you kind of switch back control to Tifa, and at this whole point, like uh, Barrett's like, we can't leave, leave Tifa, and Keith sits like, I have an idea, mm-hmm. um, and you're, you're heading towards this big, big escape, but you end up doing this like, I'm glad you pointed it out here because you end up doing this like slap fight thing, yeah, yeah it's, as it's, Tifa's it's, trying to escape. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, T- Tifa <laughs> climbs up the side of the basically the side of Junin to get to get to the airport, and you have this slap fight on the nose of the high wind. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it is uh, a, a satisfying counterpart to the sheer awfulness of the cross-dressing in terms of, like, Final Fantasy VII being very retrograde in genders stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's sexist against all things. <laughs> yeah. It's pan, pan-sexistist. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, it is uh, so terrible. Like, you girls, you fight it out. Mm-hmm. You know, you fight it out the only way you know how. Um, yeah. Barrett stands on the sideline and just tosses them a bottle of oil. Yeah, yeah. He's just, you know, just sitting there like, ooh, cat fight. You know, you've got a gun. Yeah, you can end this. <laughs> yeah, you can aim this anytime. Kate Sith um, wheels out a kiddie pool full of pudding. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like, don't mind come, me. Come. I knew I didn't like you, Kate Sith. Um, I expect this from you, Barrett. Come on. 
exactly. Think about you're, the, you're the only black person in this entire world. You think yeah, you would I, know about, you know, just privilege. Yeah, I mean, it kind of shows an amount of restraint where, like, Barrett just has a, a racist voice. Like, he never goes, like, you know, to, I don't know, like, fight a gigantic fried chicken monster or anything like that. Like, it's, it's amazing amount of restraint on behalf of Squaresoft to only be really sexist and barely be racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, man. But uh, the nice thing is you get a nice – this is a really empowering moment because you uh, – it's this whole idea, which totally deus ex machina. Oh, yeah. Terrible to put somebody's life in danger based on this idea was that um, they'd be able to get the, the Hydewind. Hydewind. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid kind of leads a mutiny of it, which I really like. Yeah. You know, like they, they respect him. They, you know, Obviously, working for Shinra sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tifa does like a jump off the, the cannon, land on the deck. Yeah. Kind of real cinematic mm-hmm. style escape, and uh, yeah, so you're kind of without a uh, you know without a leader for a little while, and there's just kind of some talking back and forth about you know who's going to be the leader, and uh, everyone nominates Sid. No, no, uh, like not at this point. Tifa leads. Oh, Tifa leads at this point. Yeah, that yeah. comes up later. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the the idea is like, okay, everybody's here. Awesome, great. Oh, Cloud's not here. Yeah. Shit. We well, gotta find Cloud. Yeah, we ought to get him. You've got in the notes here that you got the clue from uh, Medeal. You can actually get the, like different clues from a lot of different areas. Oh, wow. About where to find clue or find a uh, cloud. <laughs> where to find, how is clue huh? formed here? Yeah, at your local department store. Yeah. Um, try Simpsons clue. The, uh, um, is that a lot of people will make reference to, uh, to Medeal mm-hmm. in different ways. So I guess like you, you went to the icicle Inn and someone talked about a doctor who treats Mako poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, I think, Calm and someone was talking about like, like a, you know, rumors of a place where the ground opens up and it glows or something like that. Oh. It's kind of neat. Like, there's, there's different areas where, like, they'll, people will kind of all of a sudden remember that they remember this uh, out-of-the-way town. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can imagine it being really frustrating. You have the whole world opened up to you, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time and no idea of where to go. So, like, no matter which one you, no matter which one of these small towns you head to, um, there's somebody there who can point you in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this is really the only town that you couldn't have accessed at this point, though. So it's a little bit, you know, kind of process of elimination. So they're like, huh, I wonder what that. Oh, yeah. Okay, there we go. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. This, yeah, that makes it a, a substantially less bullshit to my mind. So, yeah. Yeah. But the, but the idea is that Medeal is kind of this place. It's like a, you know, a small little, you know, stilt house village um, where the life stream is closest to the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or runs yep. closest to the surface. Yep, and it should also be noted, like when you're kind of, if you're making kind of a tour looking for where to go next, mm-hmm. um, everyone's dialogue changes in the wake of this gigantic Majora's oh. Mask-esque like threat hanging over them. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool, and people deal with it in different ways. Like some people are just drinking themselves to death, and <laughs> you know, some people are expressing regret and everything like that. Like it's kind of a nice uh, little, almost like Final Fantasy six-ish touch, right? Right. Like having the common people react to the apocalypse. It's like if like 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 what would people do if they knew, right? Yeah. Which, yep. br- which brings up something, I don't think it's a movie a lot of people saw, but I think it's excellent, uh, Looking for a Friend for the End of the World. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I did not see that, but... Yeah, no, it's it's spectacular. It's, uh, huh. it's, it's tremendous and explores pretty much this exact thing, which is a meteor over Earth, and then, you know, just kind of like, okay, um, I'm going to try heroin for the first time. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right. Or the... well, there's, a, there's a, like, a rich history of, like, oh, yeah. the freedom of the apocalypse. Yeah. Like, that's what, you know, that's what Dawn of the Dead is about. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the, that's a that's a real big kind of trope, and it's it's one of my favorites. Like the <laughs> idea of like you know things are fucked, so uh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I, I mentioned that specifically just because it, like, everybody around the main character, uh, Steve Carell, does all that stuff. But for him, it's really just kind of like, yep, lo- you know, kind of like the loneliness of that approach. Yeah. Yeah. So it's real good. I, you know, apropos of nothing, I just felt it was, it was, um, it was, it was worth mentioning here. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, everybody's dialogue changes. And even the world map music changes to mm-hmm. this, uh, to this really somber, uh, kind of, you know, kind of feeling, um, you know, lonely flute music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So you head to Medeal, and um, <laughs> my favorite, uh, you know, story bit related to uh, everybody freaking out is that there's a woman who is kind of like running around to every single, every single store in town, and she has the little this little white chocobo, and she is just frantically buying every she, everything that she can. She is mm-hmm. for, she is hoarding, and then that pays off a, a, a little bit later once Medeal is destroyed. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask if you knew about the weird secret to her, mm-hmm. which is not that much of a secret. Like, having access to those shops afterwards is not that useful. Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch, though. It's a it's a great place. You know, like, a lot of those weapons are too expensive for you to get right now, and they are kind of the, the, the penultimate, pre-ultimate weapons. So you can actually, if you have a lot of gill at this point, you can power up your, your, your people a, a Oh, yeah, lot. but but needing yeah. the weapons after uh, the, the Mako Quake. Oh, kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. So, like, that's that's where I mean. Like, I don't, like, it's kind of interesting reading these notes, and I say this with absolute, I 100% zero hint of judgment, mm-hmm. but we had very different experiences with some parts of this game where, like, the, uh, so, like, I, I had, I mean, like, maybe you'd brought a chocobo by this point, but I had money was no longer an option, like, or an object a long time ago mm-hmm. for me. Like, I bought anything that was better. Yeah. Um, you know, and pretty much, like, I didn't do very much of the side stuff and kind of cruised to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot how easy this game is. Yeah. Um, it's really a breeze. And the, uh, so some of the stuff like, and then it even came down to like, and I forgot about, so the neat thing about this, this, she's got this cute little white Chocobo. Um, and if you give it some greens, um, it will give you a really good material, mm-hmm. um, which I, I didn't end up getting. And I, I was expecting to miss some of this stuff. Like I knew I was missing it and I kept thinking like, I can go make a, like a completist run and kind of dig around. Um, but I never, I was like, okay, well I'll do the, I'll keep being, you know, really, uh, conservative with my save. Uh, management and then if i need to go back and kind of level up or you know gather some stuff to kind of complete it i will mm-hmm. and it just never happened you know um so i i kept like, thinking like i know i'm missing contain i don't know where it's at um i remembered it from when i was younger but i just didn't end up needing it you know mm-hmm. so i guess part of it was like part of it is if i guess the other reasons why you'd need that is if you were trying you know being completist or if you were uh you know having having a rough go of it and you were yeah. you know you were planning on fighting weapons yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, and contain is incredibly useful too. I mean, like they're basically level four elemental spells um, mm-hmm. that you get through them, and all of them have a, a semi-guaranteed um, status Stata- effect that come yeah. along with them. And so, if you pair that with added effect on your weapon, like you're an unstoppable god. Yeah. And if you master it enough times, like you can give that to everybody, and physical attacks just shut people down, especially if you're doing quad cut. You know, like it's yeah. just like like the, the the contain materia is basically a um, ticket to overkill. Did you master it twice? Yeah. What? Where were you? Were you doing grinding to do that? Like, yeah. Okay. Like that. That just seems like it's like it does seem. It feels like overkill to me. Oh yeah, it definitely like, was. Yeah, like <laughs> it fell into the zone and dog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so like we probably should have. Contacted the police and did like a well-being check or something on you, <laughs> like this fugue state that you were in. <laughs> because like that just seems that you know I can never imagine even the, with I didn't have uh, I didn't have multiple mastered mastered comp- uh, material when I did the weapons when I was younger, mm-hmm. 
You know, it's like at a certain point, like there's just nothing. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get real dressed up with nowhere to go. Yeah, there's nothing to gain from it. I just yeah. wanted to do it. Hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, it's, I'm not, I'm not judging your lifestyle choice. Yeah, no, the, uh, I just, you know, summer, summer feels like RPG time. Like, like I don't know if it's something that was ingrained in me, like around the time that this came out, you know. But like, you know, being like real young and not having not having school and just kind of like just you get in the mood to pick a project and then go for it you know yeah kind of grind away yeah and you know i just i talked about this a lot in the first episode but it was like i sat down with like all of the video games hot dogs that i hadn't listened to up to that point and i just sat listened to podcasts and then just kind of like zoned out you know in spare time and that just kind of got me through it yeah, I mean, I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I just, I, I feel like I just had to end up having a different experience with this this time. Mm-hmm. Like it was not. I, I know we'll talk about when we get to our, you know, first memories and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that I've never literally poop socked. But the closest I've ever come is with this game. Right. And the uh, so I, I definitely mm-hmm. get that. But I just had ended up having a different experience this mm-hmm. time around. Yeah, and it's so it's a it's different than how we usually approach you know playthroughs of games for the for for the show. Yeah. I just, I just gave myself so much extra time. Yeah. It, and that, it, that it makes sense too. To, like we started yeah. this a long time ago. Like we kind of, we, you know, planned our games around knowing we had to do this really long game. Yeah. Or like we're, shockingly we're, in advance. We're, we're, we're going to, didn't have to, we're going to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, in either case, um, you find here, there's a kind of a hospital tent. Um, so it's the only hospital in the world. If anybody <laughs> gets sick, make sure that you have, you know, know somebody with an airship or who knows where they can steal a tiny Bronco because, Otherwise, you know, Sid is thought, the most powerful man in the world. Yeah, he's got, he's got a really specific skill set that's very high in high demand. Um, but you find uh, Cloud uh, is kind of a vegetable. I love the way that his like, head lolls back and forth. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, if you've ever seen the BBC production of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, you know, Zaphod Bubelbrox, who has two heads, mm-hmm. the way they handled that was having a regular guy and then a paper mache head on his shoulder that yeah. was like semi-animate. Yeah. It just kind of like, rub, 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 rub. like just kind of made these really creepy, like <laughs> noises and like kind of lolled about drunkenly yeah. and they never explained it or anything um, because that's something that they'll never, you know, present well visually. Apparently oh, no. <laughs> yeah. like even in the, the, you know, the later movie, which I liked, but they mm-hmm. still didn't, uh, didn't do very good with Zaphod. Man. I, I love Sam Rockwell. I think he's, a good oh actor. yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. See, ever seen Moon? Yeah, I love Moon. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I didn't I didn't end up seeing the follow up to it because it has that painfully generic name. Um Source I, Code. Ugh. Like Source Code sounds like me and my wait, friend. Wait, Source are, Code is a follow up to Moon? Well, not like a sequel. It's the same director. Oh, okay. Same, yeah. Um same director, same writer. Um, which is both. Mm-hmm. The uh, me and my friend Ryan and John kept joking about a movie called The Files. And it's just being like, you know, have you found the files? Listen, I don't know where the files are. Don't let him get his hands on the files. Like, but, but I even, and that's what source code sounds like, where it's just so generic. Yeah. Like, but, but I even I even heard that like like source code was pretty good. Oh, like, of course it's good. Same yeah. same people, and uh-huh. I just keep forgetting it exists. Yeah. Because well, it has a name that your ears roll off. It of. has an awful name, and it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So it's like, why would I watch it? But at mm. some point, I will watch it because it's from the makers of Moon. Yeah. Because Moon is fantastic. Hmm. Yeah. But, but Cloud, Cloud is basically like, he finally has a physical reason to be messed up 
and he goes full vegetable at this point. And I just yeah. like the idea of him being completely dependent, but also still wearing his soldier uniform. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a, it is a nice image. It's like a born on the Fourth of July kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and it really underlines the fact that like Cloud is inept. Like mm-hmm. this is you know Cloud even you know Tifa gets gets some live stream dunking later, and she ends up being okay. Like mm-hmm. and then with even in flashbacks, like the merest kind of problem, Cloud crumbles apart. <laughs> You know, yeah. he is, he is, uh, he is a, a terrible hero. Yeah. You know, a terrible, terrible hero. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this, this really underlines that. Yeah. So Tifa decides to stay and, you know, um, clean clouds diapers, I guess, <laughs> yeah. you know, Ugh. just kind of like, well, this is my life now. Um, <laughs> it's like the end of very bad things. Um, <laughs> how about that? Reference? Her, her, her life climax with that slap fight. And now she, now she's willing to dedicate it to cloud. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sid is elected leader in cloud's absence because he's the one who has access to the airship and also hospitals. Yeah. <laughs> in case any of us get hurt, we need you. Yeah. Um, and I, I like how he's kind of reluctant about it. Yeah. You know, and like he doesn't, I like this little beat. Of mm-hmm. having him be leader for a little while, which is like, funny. You know, you know it's really temporary, but which is funny because he's like he's he's uh, you know the the more natural leader than Cloud, you know, like he has the most experience of like getting shit done. Kind of, yeah, kind of, but he's also like he's very single minded. You know, he's never yeah. been like a yeah, like he's not like a, a a leader of people to go save the world. Like he's not that type. Right. You know, he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a you know he's a, he's a cranky introvert. <laughs> the uh i would you know i would th- say like almost like barrett would make more sense um just from that that standpoint but uh and this isn't where they have the big discussion about all no of Barrett's no problems. That, yeah. that's that, that's much later like yeah. at, the, at the least opportune time <laughs> yeah yeah right i guess i, I had to take back when i said that barrett's storyline climaxed early like it actually doesn't it just pauses for about 20 hours yeah. and then, then resumes <laughs> it pauses for 10 movie lengths yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly the time to the time to watch Moon ten times, and then you get to have some closure on some some niggling details of uh, Barrett. Yeah. So, um, so, so like while we're discussing Sid here, uh, last episode you said that there was an uh, a, a particular moment that you really oh, really yeah. liked for Sid, and we never got to that, so it makes that's, sense. That's why here. I should never say uh, like I'll save something because I'm like I'm, I have a Sid moment, but I'll save it for when we get to it, and then I just forgot. <laughs> um, but when Cloud hands over the Black Materia to Sephiroth. Um, like Yuffie or whoever you have with you other than that, like Red 13 is like, no cloud, what are you doing? And, uh, Sid says, you shit or like you dumb shit. Like (laughs) there's no question or anything like that. It's just dismissive anger. Like like, what the fuck, dude? Did you see what I had to fight to get that? (laughs) Motherfucker. Um, so I, I really like that. Yeah. That Sid moment. Mm-hmm. So you get the, you know, so, so Sid is piloting the, uh, the, the high wind or his level two pilot is, I like how I, the, I love that progression. <laughs> the pilot like I, levels I was, up every time you talk to him. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to point that out. Like, it's great. And he gets more confident. Like he, mm-hmm. he goes from like <clears throat> nervous to overly excited to confident. Yeah. <laughs> like as it goes, like he, he's getting the hang of it. Like that's a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like that. And there's nothing to do with it. It's just a really good detail. Yeah. This, so. this is also where, um, Kate Sith being a Shinra plant, um, actually pays off a little bit because it reverses. You're getting all of the details about the huge materia hunt, um, because Reeve is reporting back to you through Kate Sith. So right. it's a nice little reversal on that. Right. He's still and a shit that, character, but Yeah. Yeah. And they're and they're they're like using it to power the weapons. Is this specifically though when they enact rocket rocket plan? 
Uh, they so it's it's alluded to right now that they're trying to gather the huge materia for some purpose in order to, to try and solve this problem. And this is, I think, my biggest problem with the second half of this game or the like the last stretch, which is Shinra is trying to solve the problem, and there is no outward reason why you would want to stop them. Right. Like right. eventually, Other the, than, the enemy yeah. of my enemy is my friend, especially when the enemy that we're teaming up against is a world-ending meteor. Yes, I agree with you. And even though I feel like uh, Sid even kind of points out that it's not the dumbest idea in the world. Yeah. Like, when, uh, well, during that rocket sequence, mm-hmm. like he even says, like, you know, he's like, I don't think this is that bad of an idea, guys. <laughs> yeah. But everyone else is so like gung ho single issue voter. Well, it's Barrett. It's Barrett yeah. who's the one who's like, we got to stop him. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody, I mean, everybody goes along with it. And I guess yeah. it's, you know, if you wanted to give the game a little bit more credit than you know, maybe I feel like is intentional. Mm-hmm. The uh, this could be a reflection of what happens when you have somebody without, like, a group without leadership. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like this is this is what this group looks like without somebody to tie it together. Even though he's he's a shit hero, mm-hmm. you know, he was like a unifying force. But he probably oh, yeah. would have been like, we have to stop them and get the huge materia. <laughs> no, you don't. No, like, <laughs> help them get as much yeah. get as much huge materia inside that rocket as possible. Right. And like, right. I can't help but think that if Cloud was here, it'd be like, okay, we're helping Shinra get the huge materia to Rocket Town and making sure it gets yeah. up there. Maybe, maybe he would be. I could also yeah. see him just being like, Shinra bad, materia good, yeah, life stream good. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, they they they, they explore the, they, they explore this a lot better um, in Final Fantasy XII, where basically everything would have been better if Ash didn't hold a grudge. Mm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So you're you're hanging towards these uh, materia super weapons. You can go to do these in different orders, mm-hmm. but uh, Barrett uh, says, "Let's go save my hometown, you idiots." <laughs> yeah. So so of course uh, of course you decide to do that. It's mm-hmm. the only good thing to do. And, uh, they're, they're, you get to the, uh, reactor a little bit too late. They've loaded up a mine, like a train with mm-hmm. the materia. So you commandeer a second train, um, to go after it. Yeah. And do this kind of like sequence where you are, you jump to the train and kind of do these fights with a time limit, mm-hmm. um, to get to the, the front of the train and, uh, try to stop once you, or to get to the, yeah, the front of the train with the materia and try to stop it before it crashes into coral. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't want to crash it into coral. Can you remind <laughs> me why? That's on the table at all? I don't remember. It was like going out of control. Like Okay. It's yeah. like a glitch. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> this is something that makes me think that Square like retroactively incepted my dreams. Um <laughs> a Wild West train heist led by Sid. Yes, please. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you I essentially just want to watch the TV show Firefly, but with Sid instead of <laughs> instead Mal. of Mal, yeah. Yeah. Like just <laughs> Did somebody just, you know, Photoshop that in frame Please. by frame? Um, <laughs> we will pay you nothing. Yeah. Just do it. Uh, okay, Waffle just Army. Just, next do, just do it, you <laughs> dummy. <laughs> okay, Brian Wade, you get Mondays. <laughs> Dollar Prendez, you get Tuesdays. You guys are just going to do ships. And, um, <laughs> Brian Pinkos, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. hmm. the, so anyway, so you're doing this kind of thing. You get to the, the front and you kind of fight like a tough battle um, on each train car. Uh, but if you know what you're doing at this point, like you can get through most of these just by kind of not being conservative with your, your materia. I don't mm-hmm. know. There's some enemy that I came upon earlier in this that dropped Mega Ethers that mm-hmm. I ended up having to grind in that area for a long time. So yeah, I came. I had like something like 36 Mega Ethers oh, going yeah. into the end of the game, which means that every single battle... You can just use Ultima or, I mean, you don't have it yet, but use Comet or use your strongest stuff because 
it doesn't matter right um at this point so you get to the front and i agree with you this lever thing is fucking infuriating (laughs) and like i i dig the feeling that they're going for it just doesn't make good play right which is how the fuck do we stop this thing well we might as well reverse the levers that we did to speed up and like oh no it's not and so you're just kind of following whatever is sid's best hunch about how to do this but the stakes are too high and if you fuck up and if you don't do the right thing at the right time you're going to lose access to some awesome stuff later right the the stakes are too high yeah on kind of both ends and then story-wise as well well. also sid is a fucking engineer like there's (laughs) you know i understand that rockets are different than trains but to have him be, you know, this master kind of craftsman and then all of a sudden have him not understand like a device that works on two levers <laughs> that has one function, like that seems crazy to me. Yeah. You know, like, and it's it's a stressful moment. Everyone's panicking. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's it's frustrating the way it articulates. Right. Um, if you don't stop it, it kind of blows up the town and, and <laughs> makes it even, sh- <laughs> this town just gets shit on time and time again. Um, if you do get it, you get a huge materia and these eventually will have a gameplay purpose, but at first it does not. Right. Um, and then you also get Ultima, yep. um, which is what I ended up using for, like I put that on my mage with the MP boost mm-hmm. or the thing that made it use more MP to do more damage and pretty much steamrolled my way through the rest of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like just about every boss fight, you know, fell to my repeated Ultimas. Yeah. So. Ultima is ridiculous. It's mercifully quick too. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's even quicker than the Final Fantasy VI Ultima. Mm-hmm. Like it is there. Oh, there's some some green shit on the screen. Now it's done. <laughs> Great. I, I, it's the materia. I feel good spamming. So, <laughs> yeah, it's unique among among materia in that it does nothing until it reaches level two. Yeah, which yeah, is because it's so so powerful that you have to equip it for a little while and have it be a dud. It's like a uh, Topegi from Pokemon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Togepi. 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 Or 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 Magikarp. Yeah. 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 Um. So yeah, so next, um, another place where you know there's a huge materia and reactor is at Fort Condor. Right. Um, so, so you can climax that game. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, um, if you've been kind of like heading back here, you can do all these kind of uh, real-time battle precursor to tower defense uh, scenarios. I had no patience for it this time. And I kind of knew that if you didn't place any units and set the speed to as high as possible and went and made yourself a sandwich, you would come back to a boss fight that was real easy and then you could just win it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hadn't been going back um every, you know, between events or anything. This was the first time I've been back since the the first time. Yeah, me too. And I just kinda did it legit. Mm-hmm. Um like set up um the defenders, mm-hmm. like a, a, a stratum of like attackers, defenders, and then uh the three barrels mm-hmm. you know behind them. And that more or less worked. Right. Um and I was able to fight everything off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, this is what an interesting idea that didn't come together that well. Right. Uh, Fort Condor. That's kind of the best thing I can say about it. Yep. I did a bunch of it when I was younger. I just didn't have the patience for it this time. Yeah. It's yeah. It's so slow and it's so it's too. Con- we talked about it when mm-hmm. the episode when it first came out. Yeah. It hasn't changed. Like the, the the engine didn't get optimized while you were off at the North Crater. <laughs> so it's still right. Fort Condor. Yep. But uh, I love the premise. So no matter what, the the Condor that is roosting on the top of this dies. Um, and flies away, you know, either flies away or dies or something like that. But the egg that it was guarding hatches and the, the, the Phoenix is born out of that. And that's mm-hmm. where you get to the, your, uh, your Phoenix materia. Yeah. And I like, I mean, the people of Fort Condor are just there to protect that Condor. Mm-hmm. Like they don't give a shit about any of this stuff, right. which like when, when the meteor crashes, 
the condor is <laughs> not going to do that well. So, you, you know, please help me. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. And then you, you get Phoenix, which I only really use uh, in like setups when I was fighting weapons. Right, right. Like it's not that useful as a, it's like a strong fire material that also casts life on all your characters. Mm-hmm. At the same time, so it can be very useful with like final attack and it, stuff like that. It breaks the unfortunate cycle that happens when one or more party members die, and you spend, you know, like okay, life two, you revive one of them, then the enemy hits, knocks either you or the person that you just revived out, and then you know, it just keeps you from sliding down that slippery slope, and that is just a reset button on the battle for your side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I end up using um, instead of using, I end up using W item for that same function. Yeah, pretty much. Like you, you can put bring two people back to life in the same turn. Um, but yeah, that, that does get frustrating if like you're bringing someone back to life and the enemy does an area effect, mm-hmm. kills them right away and the like. So yeah, it does help with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have two of the huge materia and you're not quite sure what's happening with the next one. So you figure you might as well, Hey, head back to Medeal to check out how cloud is doing. Right. Yeah. Isn't that? Oh yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, so you get there, and uh, the town gets attacked by ultimate weapon, yes. um, which uh, breaks the naming convention of weapons. <laughs> yeah. Before, and I said there were four, or, yeah, four weapons. Actually, there are five. Gotcha. Yeah. I think there are eight total or seven total, though, yeah. Um, yeah. looking at that, that thing. So uh, he, he comes and attacks the town, and is he and he causes the materia quake, or the life stream quake, or it's just, a, <sighs> just think... a terrible confluence of bad luck. I think that it is presented as a coincidence. I could see so if the li- like the life stream and the weapons are on the same side, so I could yeah. I could see you know just because this this town is built on the weakest portion of Earth anyway, that Ultima coming would draw the life stream out. But uh, there is no explicit statement that says that. Yeah. Yeah. So and either way, I you, guess, yeah. you fight ultimate weapon, but really you're just kind of trying to pass time until the until the live stream does kind of explode out. Yeah. And there's yep. a there's a neat sequence of everybody trying to escape, but Tifa saying, "Hey, we've got to rescue Cloud," and then both of them falling in and starting to swim in Slimer. Yeah, and that's that's the or like or not Slimer, Ghostbusters too, man, where they literally <laughs> went down into the sewer and there was True. a skew that they swam in. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't need to be Slimer. <laughs> there's an in canon Ghostbusters explanation for this. You don't need to stretch it. Um, <laughs> Noted. Uh, yeah, that, that um that uh little scene where you're taking cloud out is one of the famous one you know kind of i've seen it pointed to as an example of like this game having bad graphics because mm-hmm. it looks so silly to have this uh cutscene going on in the background while your yeah. dorito men uh <laughs> walk towards the foreground but we've kind of addressed that i'm just saying i see that a lot as evidence right um, yeah and it's really that just them mixing the registers yeah you know of fidelity yep. yeah yep um, so yes, yeah, so you land in the uh, the live stream, and it's time to kind of climax. Really, the the thematic heart of the game. Yep. You know, like at this point, like it doesn't really get any. You know, they're like everything after this is kind of loose ends. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you're kind of floating around. Um, it reminds me of that like psychic surgery scene in New X Men. Like you're floating around in Cloud's subconscious right. as Tifa, and uh, for some reason the live stream doesn't make. You know, we don't float around in Tifa's subconscious. It's just she's trying to. It's like a psychic rescue mm-hmm. of Cloud. Right. I think either because Cloud has the most conflict inside of him, or he's the one who's Mako poisoned, or because plot. Right, right. right. And he's been down there longer, or he's been Mako poisoned mm-hmm. longer, or something like that. Yeah. Also, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're here, and you're in kind of the, uh, the, the, the floating continent inside of his head with multiple uh, versions of him, you know, rocking um, about, and not, you know, Bill Haley and his comments rocking. Uh, <laughs> but, um, so, Bill Haley and comic 
comic too. <laughs> Bill, Bill Haley and his meteor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, you're uh, kind of just getting to the bottom of this um, and looking at why Cloud is messed up and whether or not Sephiroth is lying to you. And everything hinges around the uh, um, both his childhood and the events that took place in Nibelheim five years ago. Right, right. And his childhood, you know, we uncover that, and that's legit. Yeah. That stuff happened. You know, mm-hmm. like he, Tifa hung out with a bunch of, you know, little kids. Cloud mm-hmm. thought they were idiots. There's some, like, kind of melodrama about that, like a little bit of just, you know, mm-hmm. you know, okay, we're all adults now. Like, let's, yeah. Yeah. you know, get over that. But it is a self-conscious, subconscious, mm-hmm. so it's like I, I understand it. Yeah. Um, so what happened was Tifa's mom died, and uh, she just had this moment of, you know, wanting to lash out rebelliousness and headed up to Mount Nibble just to, you know, contemplate. Cloud followed her out, um, you know, just to make sure that she was protected. Tifa fell and uh, went into a coma, you know, putting her dad through even more than he was going through already. And Cloud kind of thought that Tifa blamed him for it because he is an insecure jerk. And this actually ends up being kind of the key to pointing out that the cloud that we're seeing now is the same as the cloud, you know, who Tifa grew up with, because since she was in a coma and cloud knows this, she had no memory. Therefore, he couldn't have absorbed this at the train station with his, with his Genova cells. So this is the first like wedge that drives into Sephiroth's lie that cloud is a failed clone. Yeah, it's 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 a weird double lie. Like mm-hmm. everything, you know, is a lie. Actually, when you say that, you're, it's, yeah, yes, you're right, but it's a different lie than the one you're telling me, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that that's really you kind of have to do that. Like it, this is this is a, a little bit of a tangent, but um, how familiar are you with like comic book history stuff, Cole, to know about uh, the Spider-Man clone saga? Oh, like the life model decoys? Uh, no, life model decoys. Well, <laughs> this could be a pilot for like <laughs> Gary explains the Marvel Universe. Life model decoys are very different. Um, in the, the mid, uh, or, uh, mid nineties, there's a thing in Spider-Man called the clone saga, okay. um, which is kind of used as shorthand for a specific kind of storytelling now because it was so poorly received and so artistically bereft, <laughs> um, where essentially it came out that the entire time that we've been watching Spider-Man <sighs> and watching his adventures, it was actually this, cl- the, uh, this, this clone of him. And it's either like the clone is Ben Riley or the real Spider-Man was Ben Riley this whole time what? and they kind of do this whole like everything you've ever invested in this character like death of Gwen Stacy like everything that you know that that awesome scene where the water's going to crush him yeah and that cover like everything you love about Spider-Man is a, is a lie that was a clone um and they and it was so disastrously received and eventually they just you know they retconned it as soon as possible yeah. but like whenever when I first learned about the clone saga um, which would keep, you know, I was reading, seeing that in comic stores. I didn't read Spider-Man at the time, but that's when I was playing Final Fantasy VII as well, um, around when that came out. And it's like, it's the same kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. they, they dodged doing a clone saga where like, mm-hmm. you know, and for, they let you think that they have for a long time. Yeah. Like this, this, you know, every, actually this character that you become invested in, uh, it's not him at all. Like mm-hmm. it is a fake thing, you know, and they can't really do that narratively. Like yeah. that's not, that's not okay. And audiences won't really you know gel to that as demonstrated by final fantasy 10 yes <laughs> yes yep 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 so the uh uh even though like i mean you know in in like 2072 when we do final fantasy 10 we'll, we'll, we'll talk about because we only do games that are like you know 80 years old yeah 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 but the, you know eventually like i you know there there are things to, to recommend final fantasy 10 oh sure even even in spite of the part that you're talking about which mm-hmm. i i agree with you is kind of 
but the uh yeah so it's it's not a clone saga mm-hmm. and it's such a nice bit of relief it's like because yeah, like... that would have been so dumb uh-huh. you know like it's like it's it felt cheap mm-hmm. you know like oh you're just a failed clone like dun 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 anime twist like it, it felt <laughs> cheap and they didn't take that easy way out i feel like yeah you're an anime clone now questions about what is life yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, how can and you now, find meaning for yourself? Blah. Sit down and watch the screening of the spirits within. Um, <laughs> the, Steve and, Buscemi yeah. and Alec Baldwin. It should be good, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The, uh, so, so like it ends up becoming like a, a thing where, uh, it's much more, um, like Dennis called us out for keep say, saying this too much, but nuanced <laughs> than it initially, you know, comes off as. Mm-hmm. It's like this way that, you know, your identity can be constructed of, like you don't remember everything perfectly and there's mm-hmm. there's a little bit slipperier to have like an objective truth about your past like it's not right. really a thing that exists but there is like a core to it that is that is true right you know do you think that them doing that fake out was a bit of kind of a you know lampshade hanging or almost kind of like a weird satire of that trope that was so popular at the time no like i, I mean i don't, I don't I think just, so i think yeah i mean that's a, it's a I would I would like to ascribe that level of you know kind of like self consciousness and subversiveness to it, just yeah. to, you know just because everything up to this point has been a deconstruction of like what a JRPG hero is. But I I, I definitely think it's a feint, <clears throat> yeah. you know. But I don't know if it's specifically commenting on. I don't know if there was like the historical context for that at, the, at that point. You know, like when they were developing this was probably before any of that stuff was kind of coming about. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and, just, you know, yeah. just kind of thinking about how, you know, it's like, okay, anime is ridiculous. What if we actually, you know, built a, built a kind of decent story that played with those ideas? Yeah. I mean, I guess the other thing too, that would, that makes me hesitate that is that they also indulge in so many. Oh yeah. Anime is ridiculous stuff too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's this one little, like, it's kind of weird to be out of one side of your mouth, kind of like you know, taking the piss about something and then on every other part of your mouth, they're wholeheartedly indulging in it. There's there's nothing saying that it can't be loving though. Like, or like the, I'm just being indulging in. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of like saying like, okay, like, you know, let's, let, let's, let's inhabit this and play around with it. You know, I'm, I'm basically being useless in this discussion by being devil's advocate, but I'm just trying to bring a little bit of, you know, just like what if kind of stuff to it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't, uh, it doesn't seem to be logically, like, I, I don't, I'm not convinced that they did. I wouldn't mm-hmm. rule it out, but I'm also, yeah. I'm not sold, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Like, but regardless, this kind of like, like I said, this is the wedge that, you know, kind of says, okay, you are Cloud. So what actually happened? And this next sequence, I think, is just masterful. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like actually showing what happened here, like down to like, it plays the exact same scenario that you saw before, except actually putting Zach where he was. And now that you know that cloud was the rank and file soldier, you can see that where Sephiroth is facing, like you thought that he was just being anime and facing off screen when he should have been talking to Zach, but actually he's talking to you. Yeah. Like yeah. all of a sudden, everything makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a really cool super cool twist yeah like you were you were like double twist you know mm-hmm. you were there it's just you were mm-hmm. you were rank and file nothing the, the reason tifa doesn't remember you is because you made a point to keep your mask on the whole time yeah because you're embarrassed because you flunked out a soldier yeah which, because again, you suck again back yeah. to failure right just yeah like 
you know, going back to your high school reunion and saying, oh, yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm I'm a clerk at GameStop or whatever. Right. And instead, yeah, like, you know, two different ways of like kind of constructing that, you know, acceptable. So like one, you know, I am just, you know, hiding it and then eventually just literally taking on Mm -hmm. the dreams that you didn't, you know, as a real like fake it till you make it. Mm hmm. And this should show you what happens if you do that. Mm-hmm. So if you fake it till you make it, uh, <laughs> you'll you end up in a, a, in a coma. <laughs> yeah, you end up in a coma. It never ends well. You know? So yeah, and you can see Zach's mannerisms are exactly clouds. Yeah, yeah. L- later he does some celebration uh, squats mm-hmm. that that Cloud picked up. Yeah, from him, it's like so. it's like Matthew McConaughey just doing push-ups while you're talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, man, put your shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we should talk a little bit about, about what happens here because it's metal as fuck. So everything played out just like you, you know, you thought it did in the nibble, you know, in, in the calm flashback. Um, up to kind of, you know, Zach is thwarted and Sephiroth goes up and then blackout. This fills in what happens afterwards. So Zach actually did, you know, get slashed by Sephiroth, but Grunt Cloud comes in and basically just kind of breaks. And he says one of the most heartbreaking things, which is, you know, mom, Tifa, my town, give it back. Like you took yeah. this away from me. It's like the, the this really adolescent, gr- you know, grieving um, sentiment of just like, just give it back. You're the one who took this all away. Right. Mm. And, uh, you know, he lashes out at Sephiroth. Right. Um, Sephiroth stabs him in the belly. Yep. Um, and he does in, in, you know, this is it. When you say metal as fuck, this stretches credibility a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's... But he, you know, Sephiroth is holding on to it and he just kind of like does a little pivot. Like he's <laughs> a source of, of the sword. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and throws Sephiroth off, uh, off into the, just kind of like the machinery down there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he falls into the live stream, but yeah. the, uh, you know, we don't necessarily know that at this point mm-hmm. from where he lands. And it's so. important that he is also carrying Genova's head. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that introduces Genova cells into the live stream along with Sephiroth and helps him resist being integrated and in fact installs him up at the up at the confluence of the live stream at the North Crater and that's how he ends up where he is now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And the you know every time you've been seeing I think they've already established this but it just really goes to show like he's been there the whole time every time you've seen a Sephiroth up until this point it's been like a projection. Right. Like you don't fight regular real Sephiroth until the end of the game. Mhm. So. so that's why he flies around and does all that goofy stuff. Yep. He's got his magic powers, except yep. over in Advent Children where everyone just does it. Yep. <laughs> so because anime. Um, yeah. So eventually, like all your different kind of aspects of your consciousness forge into one. Your identity is no longer split. You have a, you know, a good idea of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, and this, you know, causes you to, you know, to wake up mm-hmm. like this is what, uh, you know, saves Cloud from a lifetime of, you know, coma life. Right. Coma life. <laughs> was that like a like a thug life riff yeah okay coma life. Coma life. if i ever end up in a coma cole make me a t-shirt that says always chilling and then make me wear it so coma life but life spelled with a y yeah coma life always chilling i'll give you knuckle tats yeah oh man i uh, hope you don't go into a coma oh thank you yeah and i you my friend <laughs> Oh man! So uh, you 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 swim back to the surface with clouds, and everything is perfectly fine. Except Medeal is now a glowing green pit in the earth that nobody moves away from. Yeah, well, yeah. where they don't have a way to get off that island. No, oh, true. It's, it's, like it's, nobody transport is the most important resource in the world of Final Fantasy VII. Like, yeah. 
unless they know like three specific people, they're not getting out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they have no they have no choice. Mm-hmm. So Cloud gets installed back as the leader, and he kind of says like, "Hey guys, I know I done fucked up earlier, but I've kind of got my shit together now. If you can trust me, let's go get this thing done." Mm-hmm. Yep. And that then that's kind of you know that's Cloud now. Yep. You know, like it's not totally the end of his journey, but he's put himself together as like a flawed, flawed hero, but still <laughs> willing to do what needs to be done. Like he's not a super soldier; he's just a man. I've got decades um, of therapy ahead of me. However, we need to do yeah, something about this meteor. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so now that you have Cloud back, there are a couple of things that you can do that kind of open themselves up to you. Do we want to talk about the ancient forest now, or do we want to go do, like do that in the cleanup? Um, I didn't do it now. If you want to talk about it now, I can where where my memories pop in, I can contribute. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah. So so like now that you have Cloud, you can you you can start breeding chocobos. Um, Cloud plus airship equals chocobos. Um, it's good to do it now because it gets you access to the ancient forest, uh, which lets you uh, get access to some items that can really really help you out. Specifically, the apocalypse sword, uh, which gives you three times um, materia growth. Uh, which makes it the best thing to have with you. The earlier you get that, the sooner you can start mastering materia. Um, you, know, you, you pop a couple alls on there, and then uh, money is no longer an object for you. Um, right. The Ancient Forest itself is kind of cool, but this is really the apotheosis of our argument that random encounters ruin everything. So you're doing these awesome little puzzles where you are picking up flies and frogs and you're, you know, jumping, dumping them into pitcher plants in order to try and get yourself um, across the map and avoid these Venus fly traps um, in order to get these, you know, really powerful weapons and materia. However, you know, because it's trial and error and because you can kind of mess yourself up um, and you're going to be restarting this a lot if you're trying to solve it yourself. Um, the random encounters against these tough enemies just really, really get yeah. in your hair. So it's worth going and doing. However, your fun is going to be spoiled. Yeah, I wish I had found. I didn't end up finding it, but getting that no encounter material would have been yeah. seems to be useful for any of these puzzle areas. Mm-hmm. I do remember from this from when I was younger. Like one one thing is that pitcher plants are super creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just in general. Um, <laughs> two, uh, you you can use them to revive your characters. I remember that from when I was young. Like, I remember discovering that pro tip. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tried to write it into a magazine, and, and it, you know, I saw it shortly after I wrote the letter, so it had already <laughs> been published. But the, uh, if your guy is dead, if any mm-hmm. of your party members are dead and you get eaten by a plant, when you pop back out, they'll be brought back to life. Right, with one HP. Yep. Yep. So that was a cool little, little moment. So I, I remember this now. You're bringing up the pitcher plants. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me. Yeah. Um, yeah, optional dungeon. Optional dungeon. It's it's real good. You should go there, but uh, be prepared. Yeah. Be prepared. You should go there if you're doing, I mean, just speak, and I won't belabor this point too much, but like if you're trying to just get all of the stuff in the mm-hmm. game, there's not a narrative reason to go here. Nope. There's nothing, you know, you're not going to get more of the story, but if yeah. you're trying to collect them all, it, it is a good place to yeah. go. And also it's cool to see life before man later yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, you find out that another uh, reactor where there's a huge materia is there's an underwater one near Junin, mm-hmm. um, Kate Sith tells you. And uh, you head to head to Junin, um, you find that the gun has been moved, and uh, but no time to worry about that now because you have to get down to the bottom. And again, I, I said this last time, but I, would, you, I couldn't draw a map of Junin if you put a gun to my head. <laughs> um, finding where you need to go to get this was difficult for me. Yeah. You just have to remember what was blocked off to you before. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, like I didn't. You it's know, dumb. <laughs> yeah, it was frustrating to me. Like I just wish that there was a little bit more, uh, 
mm-hmm. direction. Cool. But eventually you find your way there, and they have this cool, like, aquarium-style pathway. Yeah. There. Apparently there, there aren't too many of those in the world. Like, I, I looked I looked those up. They're called, uh, they're called shark tunnels. And, hmm. uh, like, one of the, uh, one of only 20 that exist are, uh, is in, uh, the Newport Aquarium here in, yeah. uh, in Cincinnati. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that because there is one in the Newport Aquarium in Oregon as well, Newport, Oregon. <laughs> um, that it, so the, yeah, there's there's multiple ones in aquariums called Newport. Yes. Um, it's a requirement, yeah. you see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, uh, but yeah, when I went there, I, I noticed that, and that's that's crazy fun, mm-hmm. and I cannot get over like a little bit of an irrational mm-hmm. fear of it, just like a just a slow like a hairline crack. Yeah, you know when you're, you know, it's, it's like not that the fish would be able to do anything to me or anything like yeah. you know at that point, but it's just it's so spooky. Yep, like yeah. I, I, I took uh, just this past spring, I took my niece to uh, to, to, to the aquarium, and uh, she was so like like intrigued and entranced by it, but also terrified because the first one we walked into, there was like this gigantic green brown moray eel that was mm. staring her right in the face. <laughs> so we had to like walk through it and then just kind of like trying to cover her eyes, but saying, I want to look now, look, Oh no, I cover my eyes again. Cause I'm scared. I went to, yeah. um, last spring I went to the Seattle aquarium mm-hmm. and I watched an octopus feeding. Oh seen God. Like that, that is, that's horrifying. It's crazy looking <laughs> like I, 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 and those things are so smart. Mm-hmm. Like it is so creepy. I guess they yeah. were talking about the one it, they put like fish on a stick and then the, like a metal rod and, and give it to the octopus. Mm-hmm. And I guess this, this octopus would get like angry and wouldn't give the stick back. <laughs> so they would like, eventually they just let it have it and it would play with it for a few days and then get bored of it. <laughs> and then like eventually like would just want it back. Mm-hmm. Like just like they're so weird and smart and like yeah. creepy. Like go to your local aquarium; they rule. Oh, I I love an aquarium. I actually yeah. really sad. So there's the one in Newport, which is on the coast, so it's about mm-hmm. an hour to get there. They opened up a Portland one, and I didn't know that it was open yet. Um, kind of forgot about it, and then I just saw a news story where like the people who opened it, I guess, have like uh, opened this kind of string of them that have all failed mm-hmm. and had all these multiple violations, and the one that that's actually in Portland. The, um, like they just, you know, tons of animals have died and like their animal death rate is like through the roof. They just got a bunch of bad, bad, uh, press about not taking care of their, their animals, mm-hmm. which is just, that's the worst. Yeah. That's, that's awful. You know, cause it's like, I already feel morally convicted about zoos. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't, don't enforce that. Like, yeah. don't, you know, I want to feel like it's okay. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I want so. this to be, I want this to be the magical place that I thought it was before I knew better. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Sad. Penguins are fun to watch. Oh yeah, I'll watch penguin. Man. Luckily, the Portland Zoo is still on the up and up. Oh, so. true. Cool. Yeah. But uh, this this glass tunnel, um, it's important because you can't get back here later, and you have to somehow know to use morph on these ghost ship enemies. Yeah, you haven't been using morph. No, no, you have not. No, of course, because of course you haven't. It's so it's, that's it's, yeah, because it's garbage. So that's really frustrating. Yeah. I, I, so I, when I was putting, it was only when I started putting these notes together together that I realized how like they knew what they were doing. So you morph the ghost ship to get a guidebook that you turn into the underwater materia, which means that in order to actually beat Emerald Weapon or make it easier, you literally have to use a strategy guide in the yeah. game. <laughs> yep. I only to... just now put that together. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty, pretty, pretty insidious mm-hmm. uh, on their, their part. I never got the guidebook. I remember I did Emerald Weapon like with, 45 seconds on the clock when I was younger, <laughs> um, which was really, really great. This, this actually, this enemy too looks really cool. The ghost mm-hmm. ship. Oh yeah. 
That's metal as, as shit. Like that's a really cool yeah. skeleton. It's got a ske- like a, like a skeleton at the masthead with an oar. Yeah, yeah. It's it really sweeps you off. It's sure. yeah. It's really annoying because it's one of the few enemies, along with Ruby Weapon, that can just take people out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you, you proceed. The Turks are helping. You know, make sure that the that the operation goes smoothly, and you fight the carry armor which you see loading the uh loading the huge materia into the submarine uh this is a really really hard fight yeah i don't like i I said it before we got on mic like i had to go and remind myself who this was Mm -hmm. like i don't i did not i and keep in mind i did very little optional stuff Mm -hmm. like i can comfortably say nothing was hard for me for the second half of the game yeah like yeah just like all you know mp turbo ultima Mm -hmm. keeping my guys healed yep and that that was the recipe to win everything yeah you know, um, enemy skill, big guard. Yeah. It's just, it's so like at this point, you know, it's really fun to make your guys, but you can really easily kind of break the game to make Mm -hmm. an optimal character spread. That's just equipped for just about everything. It's kind of like scripting in a way, like programming in order to, uh, just create these workflows for battle. Yeah. Which they would revisit in 12, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this one was tough. You know, even if, when you're overprepared, it's hard because it picks up different party members. And I'm not quite sure what you have to do to get him to relinquish them. But regardless, they take damage until they just die. Yeah. 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 So. He will He will relinquish them. I also could have just lucked out because I don't think mm-hmm. he took any of my guys oh. during this fight. I know I remember him doing that. And it's neat, too, because he's not, he's not meant to kill you. He's like, a, he's a, a, he he moves moving shipping containers, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, of course, that's how he fights. I like that yeah. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, speaking to how some of the bosses are un- are not memorable or, you know, most of them, they're yeah. generally either fighting robots or random Genova monstrosities. Yeah. And sometimes just generic monsters, yeah. like sometimes just dragons mm-hmm. and stuff like that just kind of pop up. Like there's not very much. Yeah. It would, most of the boss fights are not very memorable in this game. Yeah. And, as far as I you know, if you, if you look at stuff that is concurrent with this, either, you know, Breath of Fire 3 or Chrono Cross, where they just basically look for excuses to put in whatever sketches the character designers had. Just kind of like, okay, you're going to fight the mayor of this town, but he's going to one-winged angel himself to be this, you know, giant space flea out of nowhere TV tropes monstrosity. Um, right. Yeah. So I'm not sure which one I prefer, but this mundane version of it definitely doesn't lend to things being sticky. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. Um, yeah. So you're able to get on the sub. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the the Turks are nowhere to be found. Like they ran off. Yeah. And uh, there's a kind of a submarine crew. Um, <laughs> these these are the the hapless loser Shinra people who you've mm-hmm. been kind of affectionate towards the entire game. Yeah. So you can murder them if you want to. I've never done it. Yeah. The only upside to doing that is you can steal some really effective armor from them, but there's no narrative reason to do it so i don't yeah 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 so you just kind of like tie them up and you know put them in the laundry brig um yeah yeah and then you do another uh like surprisingly deep mini game <laughs> i love this yeah it's you know what there's a 3ds launch game that was essentially this oh yeah yeah um, well that was like submarine. 2d right steel diver yeah 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 it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty but it's it's supposed to be like to be essentially this mm-hmm like just in my, I never played it, but just like reading reviews and stuff, I was like, oh, they brought back that Final Fantasy VII, you know, a submarine mini game. Mm-hmm. This one is real easy because you just have one target, and all of the other uh, targets that are here are optional. And if you just focus fire on the submarine that is carrying the the, the huge the huge materia, you're generally fine. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
so so when you when you do this in the gold saucer they give you tougher scenarios yeah and it's, and it's neat because you're you know you're you're keeping track of your kind of altitude or your depth i suppose mm -hmm. and uh just trying to lock on with your missiles and it's in this neat little wireframe presentation i like this a lot yeah yeah i agree it's kind of second to the it's second to the snowboarding i think the snowboarding is a little bit stronger but uh tonally i like this a lot mm -hmm. me too mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. If you succeed at this, you get the awesome gray sub and you can go pick up the huge materia. If you don't succeed, the huge materia is lost and, and you end up with the booby prize, uh, this yeah. horrible orange submarine, which you actually run by. Yeah, which you don't get here. No. Like you have to, it's like for when you need a sub later, mm -hmm. you can go steal it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That, that ends up being yeah. a, like a, like a side Because it's, it's blocked by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I ended up winning this time, but I, I was went online. I was like, "What happened if I didn't do that?" Because I couldn't remember what what the consequences were for not getting huge materials. Because as I said, like I'm finding this game way easier this time around mm -hmm. than I did when I was younger. And uh, yeah, there's a dog blocking it that's barking, and nothing you can do about that. So <laughs> just come back. Like maybe it'll get tired in a couple hours, and I'll forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Yeah, also, exactly. there's a dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> but it's neat if you do get the submarine because you get access to Lucretia's cave. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, the submarine. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. um, yeah. I watched this on on YouTube. I didn't end up doing this mm -hmm. um, this run through, but it's pretty. It's very plot significant, mm -hmm. and uh, it's also it may not be the first, but it's one of the first ultimate weapons you get. Uh, you don't get the ultimate weapon until you come back in disc three. Oh, okay, you have to come back in disc three. Yeah, if you come yeah, in disc two, that. you get the story. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, so this shows kind of how Vincent factored into the story between Lucretia and Hojo vis-a-vis Sephiroth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the you know, Vincent is a Turk, fell in love with Lucretia, who was a scientist working under Hojo, um, you know, because nepotism and because Hojo is apparently this sickly little Kavorka man. Um, he ends up, you know, betting Lucretia and doing all kinds of experiments. You know, all of the Genova cell experiments that they have done have been on full grown people. Hojo sees this as an opportunity to infuse um <clears throat> to infuse Genova cells in utero and eventually creates uh, what turns out to be Sephiroth, right? Right, right, yep. So uh, Vincent comes after Hojo in a jealous rage, and Hojo ends up shooting him um, and then reviving him, bringing him back to life and doing experimentation on him, and that is why Vincent is the way he is now. Right, well, he, uh, he, turned to, he has some monsterism mm -hmm. going on yeah. with him. <laughs> some, yep. some monsters. And, and you find out, you know, essentially, so Lucretia is Sephiroth's mom, like bio, bio mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One of the more heartbreaking details is that like they never let her hold Sephiroth. Yeah. Which... She, yeah. She says that like they, I never got to hold him mm -hmm. and she just thinks of him as a baby mm -hmm. because she's been hiding out in this cave for forever. And she has a really heartbreaking line where she's like, I just wanted to be away from everything, but the Genova cells inside me won't let me die. Mm -hmm. You know, so you get this, this idea, this kind of like not, you know, super anime powerful, but otherwise immortal character, you know, just trying to find, uh, find some kind of peace in the world after being used up. It reminds me a little bit of Priscilla. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of anime Im immortal girls who are broken. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, she kind of asks, like, you know, what happened to Sephiroth, you know, and you out of mercy tell her that Sephiroth is dead, which is yep. kind of true. Yep. 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 That Sephiroth she knew is dead. Yep. For sure. <laughs> in, in the way that the babies that we all once were are no longer here yeah exactly the me from five minutes ago is dead yeah he's well, dead by which i mean i'm going to go kill him well what is it like we're, we're made up entirely of new cells every seven years yeah yep, yep something like that mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then so eventually, if you come back here, you get Vincent's ultimate weapon and his ultimate limit break, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's another little bit of story that you can go do. Like, is it okay if we just talk about this now? Because yeah, you, let, you know. yeah let's just do it. And, and should we know that this is super optional? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's pretty important, too. But I, yeah. I, I remember it from when I was younger, but totally missed it and watching it on YouTube before we started recording. Yeah. So now that you have uh, Cloud back, you can go to the basement of the Nibble Mansion, right? And, or mm-hmm. the you know, the Shinra uh, mansion basement, and when you walk into the lab, you actually get a flashback to what happened in the intervening time. So you so you already know uh, the truth about what happened in Nibelheim, but there's still a gap of how you got to Midgar, and this kind of uh, uh, illustrates that. Right, right, right. Um, you know, you, you do this kind of you know this flashback, and it's the uh, Hojo took you prisoner, um, you and you and Zach prisoner after the whole whole business, and have been doing experiments on you. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach manages to break out. And take Cloud with him. Yeah. Um, through there, and you guys are heading to Midgar. Um, you know, kind of excited, hitchhiking in the back of a truck, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of connects the dots. Like, how did Cloud physically get? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's that kind of thing where like it you can fill in the blanks on on your own in your mind just mm-hmm. fine. You know, it's like oh, it's not really important. He got there somehow. It's nice that they did it. Yeah. Like when I said it was important, it's not like you know how did he get to Midgar? You know, like, <laughs> like you know I can I can hand wave minor details like that, mm-hmm. but it's, it is a nice little touch. What what's really cool about it? So you know Zach is saying uh, you know hey I got this girl back home in Midgar. You mm-hmm. know um, how are we going to make some money? Like I'm going to start a new life. He's really enthusiastic and mm-hmm. much like the wire. Like if you're ever optimistic about life, that means it's time to die. <laughs> yeah. um, so they you know they show up up there and they get killed by soldiers. Um, in what is essentially like a really low fidelity version of with with a lot less uh, detail of how Crisis Core ends, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, as I, I'm on the record as saying, it's one of my favorite video game endings mm-hmm. uh, of all time. Yeah. So, yeah, and they just kind of brutally like just shoot him while he's down. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. Stand over him with machine guns and just empty bullets into him. Mm-hmm. For some reason, they leave Cloud behind because they figure, OK, we'll just let him die to the elements. And then yeah, this... that, that was really frustrating to me because I, I thought, like, the way in my memory, I thought they left Cloud for dead because they thought he was dead. Yeah. Because he was unconscious. But he starts making some, like, blah, 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 yeah. like cloud noises. Like, just mm-hmm. shut up and play dead. Yeah. Moron. Like, that would have been way more <laughs> believable. Like, oh, this guy was already dead. Well, we, we didn't yeah. we didn't allude to this, but Cloud is in another one of his vegetative states. Like, this, yeah, entire, exactly. th- like this entire time, he, you know, Zach is basically treating him like a pet a little bit just kind of like hey buddy uh, i wrote here in the notes of mice and midgar but that's yeah. what it is you know like tell me about the flowers zach <laughs> yeah know? yeah exactly yeah he's yeah anything happen, anything bad happens to cloud mm-hmm. his immediate reflex is to curl up into a coma yeah well well in this case he should be dead because he's been impaled and he's done he's had two years of experiments done on him yeah you know? that's true yeah zach got slashed up real good yeah true and- but it's just yeah, Cloud is a weak person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is the other part. This is where Zach's doing his celebration squats in the back <laughs> of the car too, like just talking about businesses. He wants to start being a mercenary. Mm-hmm. All that squat animation. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh yeah, that that's why Cloud is so good at the squats in uh, Wall Market. Yeah, exactly. He learned them. Yeah, he learned from the best, <laughs> biggest bro, Zach. Biggest. <laughs> um, yeah. So with that optional stuff aside, uh, you eventually figure out where the last big materia is. Shinra, How do you figure it out? Because I don't remember. Uh, Kate Sith. Just, Kate, Kate Sith tells you? Okay. Yeah. 
Kate Smith as your walkie-talkie into the boardroom. So as we you know we alluded to before, Shinra's plan is to load a bunch of big materia as a warhead into the rocket in Rocket Town uh, because apparently that is the most stable spaceship. So that's the only right. One. But just it's funny thinking of this listing rusted Hulk being their last hope. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, also too like I mean we were making fun of nobody takes Shinra's plan like they could they could it could ever work. It is very you know Shinra asked to just be like our you know our solution to problems is to push things into each other. Mm-hmm. You know and that's like that's all they do. So it's like you could be skeptical and be like we don't know that this would work. Maybe it just knocks it off of trajectory a little bit. Maybe there's you know thousands of tons of like you know, miniature asteroids that have just as big a deal. Like people could poke holes in their plan, but nobody does. So it's specifically like super dissonant when everyone just like, this is the worst idea in the world. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there's probably just some like really cheap kind of sci-fi science behind just loading up bombs and blasting them into, uh, into the meteor. But like, if you can get past that, then it, it makes a little bit of sense. If you think of, you know, Mako and materia as being, um, as as being analogs to nuclear material, you know? So materia itself condense Mako energy, right? Big materia, fuckload of Mako energy. So if you can somehow figure out a way to reverse engineer that, you can actually just kind of use that as the plutonium core of whatever you have. So that makes a certain amount of sense. To my thinking and my recollection of this, the only reason that you have for wanting to stop this is oh no the big materia are these you know or the huge material is this massive repository of ancients knowledge so we have yeah. to save them it's my like, grandpa's in there yeah so it's like no no let them do it let them try yeah and it's also they're desperate too so like mm-hmm. that's the other reason why i'm i would want to give them a little bit of leeway is like you know they're they're really out of options here and they're mm-hmm. fighting a war on two fronts like they're trying to kill all these weapons while simultaneously having this like they are like a force for civilization right. for better or worse mm-hmm. you know um you may not agree with how they do it mm-hmm. and that ties into the real like the way stronger like we'll talk about when we get to the ending but like the ending i want for this game before like a really really tiny little tag at the end which drives me crazy <laughs> um you know that would be the message is like you know, humanity with all their engines, like, cannot and is not capable of dealing with things, you know, at all, effectively. Right. Like, everything they do is going to fail. They can't do this, mm-hmm. you know, and civilization is is a mistake. <laughs> that's, you know? That's bleak. I th- I mean, yeah. I feel like that's that's the, the ending, you know, mm-hmm. Red 13, up mm-hmm. at the top, overgrown Midgar, that's the ending. Right. You know? And then those fucking kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> drives me nuts. I've never noticed it. the kids. So at the very end of that, like there's little kids like laughing mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, there's still people. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> like, and then, and then crisis, and then, you know, Advent children happen. So there's mm-hmm. tons of people yeah. and they're still doing the same bullshit. Like it's, is much more like it's bleaker, but I like the ending a lot mm-hmm. more. Yeah. You know, with, without it. I'm so. on your side. I just, when you say it that way, it's just kind of like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's yeah. the, you know, things are, things are fine without us. Mm-hmm. That is, that is what I want from this game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> Sid agrees with Shinra, but it's also mostly because he wants to get into space. He's, he's, you know, he sees this as his opportunity. Uh, so much so that, you know, you fight your way up through Rude and you fight your way through Shinra mooks in order to get into the rocket. And Sid's like, okay, we should actually go through with this. And as you're arguing, um, and as Sid is berating, <laughs> my favorite Sid moment, Sid berating the engineers who are there saying, what a bunch of wizards you guys are. Yeah. <laughs> This is like the pilot for a podcast. It's just me and Cole talking about our favorite Sid moments. Yeah. Like, 
just uh well my favorite moment is when he looks like a creepy wax ken doll in the cutscene at the end yeah. <laughs> not my favorite moment no. but the um yeah I, I i like that a whole lot and it's like i like he's saying everything we're thinking like oh you should probably go with it um the uh so but while you're arguing about it and trying to figure everything out palmer that rascal launches everyone <laughs> into space with it um yeah you know, because Shinra does not value human life palmer who should be in leg braces right now <laughs> yeah exactly how'd you get out yeah um yeah yeah so uh yeah so you're 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 getting up there there's an escape hatch but you're gonna try to get the huge materia out right there and there's like kind of a puzzle to it like the puzzle is like sid kind of remembers the code doesn't quite and will kind of tell you hints from time to time yeah i don't think that it ever like categorically tells you what it is no no it doesn't so you just have yeah. to suss it out so there, yeah. are, there are only 16 combinations that it could possibly be yeah and you have a limited amount of time to get there so if you you know are just keeping track of it then you just know what it's going to be regardless of whether or not you puzzle out uh any of the 16 possible combinations um you make it off of the ship and sid has this awesome moment uh watching the world from you know from from on high Oh, there's something that happens happens before this. Uh, there's a wonderful version, um, like alternate version of his theme that's kind of bared and stripped down. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> Cheryl was right. There's an explosion yeah. as you're as you're running to the escape hatch, and uh, Sid gets trapped an under an oxygen tank. An explosion years in the making. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> well, it's the first time it's been put under that kind of stress. That's true. True. Yeah. So no matter how much she checks it, you'll never. Like, there was no way to ever, to never know. Like, she, she knew there was a thing there. Why didn't she fix it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they never let her. <laughs> he just had her on tea duty for, you know, yeah, that's true. seven years. She's been getting tea for anybody who asks. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Cher ends up saving Sid's life. And so he realizes that he was wrong about her this entire time. And uh, Sid gets to live out his dream. He gets to see the planet from afar. Yeah. And yeah we, which is kind of a nice little bit. Yeah. The rocket um, hits Meteor and it breaks apart and then kind of like reforms, you know, because of the magical nature of it. One can't help but think that if there were four master materia in there or four huge materia in there, <laughs> that maybe they could have succeeded, but they did not. I don't think you get a different cutscene. No. no. If, that's the, if that's the case. No. So. You don't. But uh, one can't help but think that if you were not actively trying to thwart them, right, my right, point right. stands whether or not. No, no, I agree with you. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it would be it would be a nice little bit oh, yeah. if that, and it became like a meteor shower or something like mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like which which one is it? Armageddon or Deep Impact? Where they where they blow it up, but it's too late. Uh, both probably. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen, I haven't seen either of those movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I just know that they came out around the same time. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, of course it doesn't blow up, and everyone acts as if like it's a failure on behalf of Shinra. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone acts like it's just like, of course it wasn't going to work, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Bah. But Sid has a new perspective and, you know, he is back on the party side saying the planet is a sick kid that needs to be protected. Um, and since you hear the cries of the planet, you figure back to Bugenhagen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's how, that's how it works. I wonder how, what Bugenhagen's doing. <laughs> um, yeah. You're just kind of like trying to figure out, everyone's kind of brainstorming. Everyone's stuck. 
on on what to do. Um, you know, Bugenhagen, I don't feel like, does he tell you about Holy? Or does, do you just happen to be around him when everybody kind of figures it out on their own? I think so. So you're, you're back here and then everybody kind of has this, uh, this epiphany all at once as you're stashing the, the, the huge materia inside of his, you know, his, his wonder emporium, um, mm-hmm. that kind of Eris seemed to know what's up. So you head back to the, uh, you head back to. Yeah, you just also can get Bahamut, correct? Or uh, Bahamut Zero? Yeah, yeah. So if you have all four of them, you search the blue materia and you get Bahamut Zero. Yep. And yeah. this is also where you're going to go to get Master Materia. Yeah. So if decide. you get all materia in a given category up to uh, Master Status, which is a huge, huge undertaking, mm-hmm. uh, you uh, go back here and you talk to the materia of that color, and then you get one that gives you unlimited access to all the spells in that category or abilities. Yes. Yeah. And by unlimited access, it just, it's one materia slot that has all of the spells in it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So your universal remote. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you, so you head back to the ancient forest, the, the site of, you know, a, a thousand tears and, uh, the, uh, you know, it, the, you, you kind of find out like between Bugenhagen, I'm getting a little bit unclear who tells you, he, tells you what he, he, he discerns from hieroglyphics. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Cuz well doesn't he say he can't read it though? Like they're like, they're... like ask if he can read it and he's like I'm not an ancient. <laughs> oh yeah, something like that. Yeah, but then he does he does read it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't remember, remember how like information gets conveyed conveyed to me here. Right. Um oh do they, 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 they need the key to read it. They they, That's they, what it is. they need the they need the key to operate the machine that tells them what happens. Um, gotcha. you know what what you know what happened there. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and the only clue you have is that the key is somewhere where uh, the sun does not shine, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, check your ass first. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Exactly. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, instead, oh. that means underwater. Yeah. Underwater, like a submarine under, like it's a spot right underneath the Forgotten Capital. So. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. We get down yeah. there. Um, this is a uh, emerald weapon floating around at this point. Did to yeah. watch out for that. Yeah. yeah. You, you basically, uh, the, the, as soon as you get access to underwater, you can fight emerald weapon, but it is not advised. Yeah. Yeah. So be careful. And it can run into you too. Like mm-hmm. if you're not being aware and you could run into it thinking like, Oh, I fought a weapon before. <laughs> nope. Like I fought off that one. Yeah. The totally different, uh, different thing. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so you just, you just run into the key to grab it mm-hmm. and then you bring it back up. Yeah. And you go into this kind of like awesome ancient stone craft machine that puts up a canopy of water and shows you, um, you know, what's happening here. So basically there's a spell called Holy that is summoned by the white materia. It's kind of this counterpart to, uh, um, to the black materia. Um, if a soul seeking Holy approaches the planet and prays for it, it will appear. But the trick is that, uh, basically it is, it allows the planet to judge what is worthy or not to stay. So there's the potential that when Holy is deployed, it could just say humanity is a pox and we're just going to get rid of it. Right. 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 Mm. Which it did. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that, that's kind of the, the, you know, the whole bit, Um, you know what she was trying to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And you find out that she prayed for it, but Sephiroth is actually uh, blocking it. Yeah. Somehow like that, like, you know, his, his machinations of the North grader are stopping it from, from mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah. So, you know, you need to eventually take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you leave though. And then there's a weapon cut scene yeah. and it starts heading for Midgar. Um, you still have some investment in Midgar. Mm-hmm. So you have to fight it off. 
Right. And uh, kind of head back. You see that the, the gigantic cannon, the sister ray has been moved there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this time it does not do, uh, do as well. No. So it takes, so it fires and it takes like a piece off of diamond weapon after you fought it. And it's not really mm-hmm. that hard of a fight. You just have to do enough damage. The hardest part is waiting for him. Pretty much. Yeah. Like said, standing on the shore and just kind of running around in circles. But it's kind of cool. Like understanding the scale of that and yeah. like watching it just trudge across the ocean. Yep. Yeah. Um, you fight it, the cannon fires and, you know, cuts through diamond weapon. It's actually super successful. Um, it cuts through diamond weapon and, uh, takes down the shield, but not before before diamond weapon, um, fires a barrage of these awesome, uh, beamlets and takes out the whole top part of Shinra tower. And, uh, apparently Rufus would. Yeah. You get that awesome cutscene of him, like calmly watching. Yep. As a, even though he, like, I guess he shows up in Advent children. Mm, yeah. So he's yeah he's not dead, but would have been stronger if he was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I forgot the, the chronology of that. I thought that mm-hmm. it, you sh- they shot it before you fought it. Yeah. But yeah, they do actually take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't just just weaken it. Um, so yeah, so the uh, uh, Midgar has been pretty smashed up, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you uh, they can't. So but however, Sister A is kind of gathering energy. Yeah, for a second shot, which yeah. makes no sense because it's done what it needs to. And yep. they can't. Well, Good. It makes sense because we know why it's doing it. Mm-hmm. Like we find it's not supposed to make sense. Like that's why people are kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Is that it's not done sucking energy? Right. Because somebody's fucking with it. Yep. Somebody hijacked it. That somebody is Hojo, and Reeve can't shut off the reactors because that would cause a massive dispersal of energy that would kill everybody in Midgar. Yep. So so, so Barrett, you know, hearing Midgar says, you know, we had to go back and save everybody, and this is the point where like Kate Sith says, like, hey, you know. Think about all the people you killed him, and like now you're worried about him. <laughs> yeah. Like you killed thousands and thousands of people, you know. <laughs> Why do you care now? Yeah, yes. it's kind of weird. Like, I, like I'm, I'm torn between like wanting to give the game credit for acknowledging that, <laughs> but then you're also giving it the allowance that no one has brought it up before this point. <laughs> yeah, it's too little, too late. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too little, too late. Like it's almost you know kind of sophisticated that you're acknowledging that you're you know this principal character is a mass murdering terrorist. Mm-hmm. However. Nobody said anything when he was being a mass murderer <laughs> yeah. and terrorizing, you know, so. Yeah. And we didn't have the golden conscience of Keith Sith there to, you know. <laughs> the, go- the golden megaphone conscience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. So it is time for you to go and solve the problem yourself. And that is the end of disc two as you, you know, parachute into uh, the superstructure of Midgar itself. Yep. Yep. Um, you end up down in the uh, the sewers. Or not the sewers, the subway tunnels. Yeah, yeah. Down there, mm-hmm. and uh, you can head back um, towards the end of them to get a really powerful item and get a bunch of source items mm-hmm. uh, on the way, and also do uh, kind of an optional fight with the Turks. That yeah. item is the W item, which lets you use two item commands in one battle, which is essential, especially near the if you're not max leveled, which I kind of was. Like there are a lot of things I didn't have, like mm-hmm. I didn't have you know life two, and I didn't have full cure or anything like that mm-hmm. so being able to use like you know life somebody and use a mega elixir in the same turn is how i was able to to stop Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. so this was this was really key for like kind of a lower level win yeah there's also uh a, an item duplication bug with that but don't do that yeah yeah and there's no reason to right like you don't need to break the game like that mm-hmm. the game has already broken itself yeah um the fight with the turks is optional if you did the wutai subquest oh okay yep so, so, you, so you've you, earned the respect essentially yep um, the only reason you could fight them is if you haven't been stealing from them mm-hmm. this whole time, because I guess, and I didn't steal from them. I 
you always forgot to steal from anything because they didn't have like kid memory about what to steal from. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they each have a really awesome armor. Um, so you can steal from them if you like, but otherwise you can kind of turn it down, and that's kind of the end of the Turks. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that sequence just because they seem reluctant to fight you. Just kind of like we've all got more to deal with than this. Yeah, so this, it's, yeah this seems dumb. It's, it's it's on you if we're gonna do this. If we're gonna it's the closest it the game comes to like the enemy of my enemy, which mm-hmm. I guess should have been doing this whole time. Right. You know, like the the mustache twirling bad guys realizing like, oh, you know, the old ways don't really work. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, looking at this here, there's an optional um, trip to the, Shin- the Shinra headquarters that you can do here. Uh, it's all the old enemies. You, you know, it doesn't refresh. Uh, but you can go up there and get a bunch of good items. You get a good lance for Sid and also Kate's ultimate weapon. Uh, so we can play around with it on the high wind. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think you get Barrett's ultimate weapon there, too. Uh, I, no, it's on the way up to the Sister Ray if you have him inside your uh, in your party. Gotcha. During that. Yeah. Gotcha. His like Barrett's ultimate weapon is really weird because it, it like all of the ultimates are dependent on a stat to do a bunch of damage and his I forget what it is but it's like the difference in the amount of materia that you have versus what you um you know potentially could have it's really weird yeah. oh it's, it's dependent on AP, on AP actually yeah yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you you load him up with a bunch of master material. He'll be very good. Yeah. When we say when we say stat, it's like specifically like a, a, uh, HP or MP usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that. So like regular weapon, all weapons are dependent on stats, but these ones mm-hmm. are weapon on like these kind of meta stats. Yeah. Um. Um. So you're running up to the sister A to stop uh, to stop Hojo, but Heidegger and Scarlet uh, make an attempt to test out their weapon on you, Proud Clawed. Yeah, the, the worst name in the in the game. Yeah. Um, like not not Clem Hazard. Clem Hazard is bad. Proud Claude is way worse. <laughs> like, it's, yep. And it's kind of it's kind of cool because it's you know they they're trying to battle these ancient monstrosities from the heart of the earth with a giant robot, which just hammers home the whole kaiju Pacific Rim Power Rangers yeah. aspect of that. Um, but it's just a boss fight against a robot, you know. If you've already beaten a weapon yourself, so by the transitive property of destroying ancient machines, you are able to beat this too. Yeah, especially one with Claude in the title. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's not too much to it. I, I it's think... also like, come on, you idiots! Like, I wish they would just, I don't know. Scarlet and Heidegger, Heidegger are the worst. They're, they're just, they're, they're like, other than Hojo, they're the most unhinged, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not as interesting as Hojo. Oh yeah. Like, at least Hojo is like a, like a kind of an interesting mad scientist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, as we'll see here in a moment, but yeah. they're just, you know, <laughs> evil, 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 yeah. you know, so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you make your way up to the top of the, up to the top of the sister Ray and Hojo kind of un, you know, <laughs> unveils his entire master plan after giving this awesome line when Barrett asks, why are you doing this? And he says, quit asking me why you moron. I'm nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because science. Yeah, yeah, because nuts because science. Yeah. Um, so he wants to use uh, this overloaded sister way, Ray to to fire at Sephiroth and supercharge him, um, because he realizes it's his son and yep. he wants to help him. So like in a more kind of like considered character, mm-hmm. it might be an interesting like misguided actual affection instead of just bonkers mad science. Yeah. Like he's more interesting than Heidegger and, and Scarlet, but mm-hmm. not not that much more interesting. Yeah. You know, at this point, like the way he ends, like, you know, the the whole like science without morals thing is a really rich kind of ground for villainy. Yeah. Um, but his his drop off at the end is a little bit like, hmm, OK. Yeah. And it makes sense with his what he his understanding of science. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, just put things on top of other things and uh, scrape them together and things happen. Take the head off of a G.I. Joe and put it on a Barbie. Hojo yeah, at the, age five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, it's uh, it's it's Bart's evil twin uh, making a pigeon rat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a pigeon rat. <laughs> but but uh, you fight against Hojo and uh, he looks super creepy in his battle and his battle uh, model. But uh, so you think it's just going to be a dude fight and then he transforms into Helitic Hojo. Heretic yep. Hojo and yep. Lifeform Hojo. Uh, so he goes through these various, uh, you know, he's injected him. Lifeform Hojo. <laughs> Lifeform. Oh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be Rifeform, but it didn't rif- work out. <laughs> Rifeform. Okay. Yeah, it's, 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 it's supposed to be Heretic Hojo and Rifeform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I hope you cut that out. Don't really <laughs> cut it out, but I just want to, I want people to hear me say you should cut that out. <laughs> but, um, He's injected himself with Genova cells intentionally in order to, um, you know, destroy you. Yeah. It's, it's a fun series of fights. Uh, you just because like, when is this thing going to end? But he also does a lot to disable you. Uh, yeah. 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 There's a little bit of a twist to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he does die. The cannon is gone. Shinra is no longer really extant. And all that's left is Sephiroth. And since you have seven days, you can just go hang out in Coastal <laughs> Soul as long as you want. Yeah. Um, but uh, kind of right before the end, you know, Cloud sends everybody out to find their reason for, for fighting. Mm-hmm. You know, so like everybody go do anything you have any regrets. Like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Cloud and Tifa kind of spend, you, it kind of cuts to a sunrise where she's in his arms. Yeah. You know, looking down on uh, on uh, the North Crater. Mm-hmm. There. Yeah. So. The, the high wind turns into a jet for some reason because Sid just is curious about these two levers that were put in. Um, in yeah, the time he's, that maybe he, he's a genius, but he's not good with levers. <laughs> yeah. Like he's really a button man. Like he, he knows buttons, <laughs> but then once you get to levers, like it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's all, uh, foreign to him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So yeah, you have a jet now, which is pretty cool. Uh, Sid has overcome a sphere of levers and there's a bunch of side quest stuff that you can attend to, even though the goal right now is to get to the North crater and stop Sephiroth from, uh, um, obstructing holy. Yeah. So, so the if you'd rather rather than saving the world if you just want to watch chocobos fuck for like <laughs> months do it <laughs> like develop your fetish cloud because if you're not gonna do it now who knows when you'll get another chance <laughs> to see some cloaca on cloaca action gross <laughs> it's actually very beautiful the, um, <laughs> it's just it's just funny that like you ever... didn't think it was gross when you were casting knights of the round <laughs> 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 that's true oh man uh all the inbreeding that i had to do to get to that point that's, yeah, the, that's exactly. the grosser part of it honestly yeah all the all the cast off like asymmetrical face chocobos that you have to just like put in the scratch and dent bin for losers <laughs> to try to buy for their races and, yeah uh, no, the I, meat chocobos pets are meat just, oh, like on the side yeah. of the road <laughs> that's um just live by, by the act of reloading them, casting them into the darkness between time from Chrono Trigger. <laughs> just yeah. like, no, no, there is no, like, there is no future in which you exist. So we're going to, <laughs> oh man. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, there's some things that you, that you should probably do before you start Chocobo breeding because that will sap your will to live. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. Um, so for, you know, first up and I, this is one I actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a crashed, uh, plane, at the bottom of the the ocean, yeah, uh, it's the other plane. 
<laughs> other than the, the tiny Bronco. Yeah. And uh, it's just a treasure box with really mm-hmm. tough enemies in it. Yeah. It's called the Galnica, but it should be the Guernica to my, to my, mm-hmm. to my reckoning. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's filled with these awesome enemies. Like just the, you know, they've got numbers to them. I'm not sure quite why they were there unless they were just transporting these specimens, but there's some of the most unsettling enemy design in the series. I think like there's yeah. one that's just, it, it appears to just be like this flying spaghetti monster made of, made out of tentacles and they're mm-hmm. really, really hard. Yeah. Really hard. This is where you find tonberries as well. Is it? Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain you can. Oh no, no, you oh, don't. No, no it's a North Crater. Yep, yep. Yeah. I was wrong. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah the enemies and they're really tough. I got here pretty early, like as soon as I could, and ran away from things just because I wanted the treasure on my way. Like these guys are really tough. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can get uh, the Hades materia, so useful, which is super useful because it's it's a good cast. Like it's a you know because it does every status. So like mm-hmm. the enemy has to resist every single one to not have it do something, and it rocks with added effect. Yeah. Um, cause it doesn't, it won't do, if you do an added effect, it doesn't add stop or slow. I think there's like two of them. It won't do Yeah. with the added effect, but it will do everything else. Yeah. There's a good chance to turn somebody into a confused frog. <laughs> um, and then you get some ultimate weapons as well and a bunch yeah. of mega elixirs and like, it's really useful to go down here. Yeah. This is where you get Sid's ultimate, uh, ultimate, uh, limit break, the high winds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which I, which I was just read as being a manual that said, okay, here's, it's a remote <laughs> That you can yeah. just carry into battle. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just it's just like a, a a little like Da Vinci S diagram about how lovers work, <laughs> and then he's just like, oh, <laughs> the base of the lever is a fulcrum, and then it, oh, uh, oh wow. So I did, so I only have to grab one end and pull. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't push it towards the way it already is with both arms. I'm just, I'm just picturing Sid sitting, you know, Sid sitting on a park bench on a boardwalk, like reading this thing. And you know, so there's a sunset. And I was like, I get it, I get it. <laughs> and he stands up and he joyously runs through a flock of pigeons, causing them to scatter, <laughs> like as he goes to try it out. <laughs> um, there's also so there's a another weapon that's been kind of flying around the skies. This is the same one. This is the one that you're buying or you uh, fought off from uh, Medeal, right? Uh, I'm sorry. What I got distracted. The the weapon that you can yeah, like the one that's yeah. flying around. Yeah, it's the one that you mm-hmm. fought off from a deal, and uh, he's the coward weapon. Mm-hmm. And because he you'll you only fight him a little bit. It's a little bit like the um, death gaze. Yeah, death gaze exactly. Uh, except that you can see him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of does this like you can't fight him until he stops. Right. Which is frustrating. It's not just about running into him. It's about like finding you know where he's gonna go. Yeah. To stop next after you knock him down a little bit. You can get around that a little bit if you just fight him once and then go do some other stuff and then go grab him again and look for him. Mm. However, like, I, I can't see a world where you would start a fight with this thing and then not want to just end it now. So you end up chasing him around the world and hitting him and just hoping and praying that his pathfinding take, you know, takes him to, uh, to Cosmo Canyon. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what do you get for beating him? You get uh, Cloud's ultimate weapon. Gotcha. The ultimate weapon. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So... Yeah, so he's the thing. And then there's kind of just this suite of quests because they're they're connected in that there's they're really dependent. Like there's not too much reason to breed a chocobo unless you're gonna fight the weapons. Because you're you're well equipped for the end game now. Yeah. So if you uh if you wanna fight the weapons, you wanna start watching some chocobos fuck. Yeah. There there's you, you know if you're not going after Knights of the Round, you don't have to do too much of it. Like if you just want to get a hold of the other materia cave materia, um, two of which are pretty useful. Um, you really just need to have a green and a, and a blue and there's not much that's required for that. But yeah. if you're going, you know, if you're going whole hog, um, 
or whole chocobo, uh, then you're going to want to know which chocobos to go capture. You only really have to capture four, I think. Uh, two from around Medeal and then uh, two from up around Icicle Canyon or uh, Icicle Inn. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you have to know which ones to steal. So there's a dragon outside of... Um, Oh man! Outside of the Chocobo Sage, it's got a weird name. That you steal a carob nut from, and then you also have to go steal a Zepio nut uh, from some goblins up by the uh, Knights of the Round, and then you're pretty much set. After that, you just have to um, buy enough greens to raise everybody's stats up, and then just do auto racing at Gold Saucer until everybody is S S class. Because as everybody knows, um, professional athletes have uh, better kids than you know just regular regular <laughs> yeah. slubs yeah kids that can sometimes fly yeah like, they might be shit at race but they can definitely fly yeah so, larry, larry bird's kid i'm sure he's doing some pretty good stuff what uh what are the four materia you get from the materia caves oh man so there are three there's one that's real stupid uh that it just switches your mp and hp yeah which I turns saw that you one. into a into a glass cannon uh there's another one you know i need to go look this up okay it's knights of the round is one of them uh, which is a really, really powerful summon. Yeah, which is the ultimate uh, goal of all of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, mime, <clears throat> which is another one. Yep. <sighs> which is super useful for, like, because it will mime limit breaks. Mm-hmm. So if you have a character you use a limit break and have no one else take an action, they'll mime themselves mm-hmm. doing that. And that's more or less what you want to be doing that with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quadramagic, which is, uh, which is pretty oh, yeah. useful. Yeah. And then, yep. the H- then, then the HP to MP. So, yeah. Qu- um, Quadramagic, Mimic, and Knights of the Rounder. Um, incredibly useful. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, I just don't like, I did it when I was younger, um, with like, I, I, you know, had a guide from a magazine or from a book or something mm-hmm. like that. I just get frustrated, you know, all the esoteric nonsense, like the knowing who to steal the nuts from, mm-hmm. like that's frustrating to me. And then just putting in the legwork was like annoying to me. Yeah. Like the, just the, the racing and then resetting to do this. Like it's super optional. Like I understand like putting in something like that that's just supposed to be for completists. We talked about it when we talked about uh, Final Fantasy VI. We were talking about the pink tail kind of thing. Yeah. Like, this is definitely the pink tail of this game. Like, mm-hmm. you just, you know, if you want to do everything, you can do this, but it's going to require a lot out of you to get that. Yeah. It's less frustrating than the pink tail, though, like, especially in um, the DS remake, where they add, like, seven other tail items that have the same thing. So in that, it's really just a matter of... I didn't of, know about that. Yeah, I yeah. Got, no, I didn't get that far. There, there, the there's, like, the yellow tail and the red tail and everything. And the, the, the items that you get from those are the only ones that carry over in, into New Game Plus. So if you want to actually beat the bonus bosses that are available on your first and second New Game Plus, not only do you have to put the right augments on the right people at the right time, but you also have to... Uh, farm for all of these, which have a one in sixty-four chance of showing up, and then a one in sixty-four chance of dropping these things. So the pink tail is its own thing. You don't have any control over that aside from how many fights of the, you know, how many fights do I have to go? Because you're just fighting against the random number generator. However, right. with this, you have a modicum of control over it, and it's just a series of tedious tasks that you have to. Well, the do. the way that you have control over it is through resetting the game. So, uh, like, imagine not- if imagine if that wasn't a thing. Like, you just kind of had to. Like you were just got the wrong gender and then just mm-hmm. had to start over. Yeah, like just you know, like like go go and do it again. I can understand that. However, you just you increase your odds so substantially with a little bit less effort just by um, going through the uh, going through the racing, which yeah. which gets you rewards anyway. So if you're going for all the materia, you're going to want to do that anyway. Um, I'm not I, I'm not saying it is as bad as the pink tail. Like the pink oh, tail okay. is really bad. Yeah, but it's the same kind of thing where it's a lot of like kind of esoteric work. Mm-hmm. for an ultimate reward that you don't need. 
Yeah. I guess is my point. Mm-hmm. The um, it's kind of an that's an interesting you know because we on the Facebook page and just kind of recently we've been kind of articulating the differences between you know WRPGs and JRPGs and stuff and like extra content in in WA JRPGs are never WJ <laughs> um, you know just a specific part of Japan from mm-hmm. like Western RPGs is never based on this kind of randomness right like that's never a thing there's never going to be like a hard to get side quest and Fallout that like you screw yourself out of and you have to save scum your way into. Okay. Yes. This is save scum yourself. All that I can think of that would be equivalent is like getting the UFO random encounter or something. like you, that. You just have to walk around. Like, I guess yeah. it's, I mean, I guess that's a little bit similar, <laughs> it's, but it's you can also, pigtail. yeah, yeah, kind of, but that's like, those are, some of those are just Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Like the UFO one is the only one that happens to be useful. That's more of like a weird kind of thing you're just, you know, you stumble upon mm-hmm. as opposed to be something you, you search out. Like most of those are going to be like a TARDIS or something like that. Like it's just yeah. like a winky, a winky thing. Like that feels different to me. As opposed to Blinky, Inky or Clyde. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's definitely not a Clyde issue. Yeah. It's not Clyde. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess the UFO is probably the closest thing, even yeah. though like you can consistently reproduce that with way less work than breeding a jo- gold Jocobo or yeah. getting a pink tail. Mm-hmm. Like I can always get the UFO encounter. Like you just there are certain squares where encounter like special encounters happen. Mm-hmm. But you're right in that it is based on <laughs> randomosity. Randomosity and esoteric knowledge. Yeah. 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 I, I mean I guess I can see that. But it's mm-hmm. also not it's always it's always well, I guess this is bonus too. I don't know. <laughs> I feel it's it's at the very least it's easier. Yeah. Like nothing's as hard as a pink tail. Few things are take as much time as Chocobo breeding. Mm-hmm. Like so, yeah, I, I got a gold chocobo within a night, and by a night, I mean probably like just a couple hours of play. Yeah, which is arguably a couple hours that I could have dedicated to something else, but I was reading and listening to podcasts while I was doing it. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the ultimate reward is getting the Knights of the Round, which unlocks a, a whole possibility space for you, um, just because. Um, in addition to going to the, um, going to the battle arena and spending a lot of time there, just kind of chugging through those battles, uh, to get the W summon and final attack, uh, stuff, it opens up, uh, being able to actually have a fighting chance against the, uh, against Emerald and Ruby weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Which it should be noted that there are other ways around it other than that, but they're harder. Like this is the path of least resistance for these guys. I was looking online for like, what ways are there to fight these things? Mm -hmm. And people have come up with like tons of ingenious ways to oh, take yeah. care of these things. Um, yeah. you know, and involving all kinds of manipulation of, of various, uh, mm-hmm. so it's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, everything that I've seen just kind of involves, how do I exploit the character creation or customization system in order to, again, script this in such a way that I can do as much damage in as little time as possible so that they don't have an opportunity to unleash their attacks on me. And right. that ends up being, you know, mimic plus Knights of the round. With uh, right. with Phoenix plus final attack as your as your uh, safety, um, right? You know contingency plan. Uh, you know it, it is definitely brute force, but it's also the you know one of the only ways to be absolutely sure. Right. The other ways tend to involve like lucky sevens and things like that. Yeah. You can kind of do stuff some stuff mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Which you know fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the uh, there's two different kind of and the reason you're doing this is also not really explained. There's a collector in Calm who wants some items. Yeah. That you can get from these weapons mm-hmm. and we'll trade them for things. So that's where the kind of big gameplay bonus of this. And really only one of them, because one of them, your reward <laughs> is a gold chocobo, <laughs> which you more or less have to have yeah. in order to do it, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, though, gives you a full set of mastered material, which like you could also get on your own, too. So these are like these are challenge yeah. 
things. You know, you're not doing this for the the reward really. Mm-hmm. Um, Emerald weapon is floating around uh, in the in the water. Yeah. Um, you have a time limit, which is weird. Like you can hold your breath for no more than a half hour. <laughs> I thought it was um, twenty minutes. Oh, 20 minutes. Yeah. Still, you can hold your breath for 20 minutes unless you have like a certain materia. That's twice as good as Guybrush Throughput. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty, it's pretty good. The, um, <laughs> it's yeah. okay. Yeah. The, uh, so, so you, you fight this guy. I don't remember. I, like I said, I beat both these guys, but talk about these fights. Uh, it's been so long since I've actually gone by them, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you pretty much just jump right in. Uh, so with Emerald Weapon, he can just do a bunch of damage to you. Um, you know, he, he has, has... A, I know he has an attack where you do not want tons of a, a materia equipped, right? Like he does an attack that has the more damage to you, the more AP worth of materia you have. Yeah. So you want to go in with minimum kind of setups. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the honest ways that you can do this is to, uh, is to use gravity, um, mm-hmm. gravity attacks. He is, he is, uh, vulnerable to those, but otherwise you just have to figure out how to do a million damage to him before he can, um, uh, wipe you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's all pre-production. It's all how prepared can I be going into this, which just ends up being mastering as many materia as possible or as many of yeah. the right materia as possible. Ruby weapon is a little bit more textured. So you run into, uh, I always want to say Ruby's a her, uh, but you, you, you run into it um, outside of Gold Saucer peeking its head out of the sand. And uh, its inclination is to want to one-on-one fight you. So if you have all three party members alive, it will knock two of them away. So the trick is to come in with two of them already dead and then revive right. them as you go after, uh, after Ruby buries its uh, arms in the sand to, uh, to come up behind you. Uh, if its arms are out, then you cannot do any damage to it. And in fact, it will uh, retaliate with Ultima. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trick for that is, you know, no matter what you do, you want to make sure that Ruby is stopped because it's, uh, it's vulnerable to stop. So it's either use items that can, uh, put stop status on it, um, 100% of the time or use uh, W summon and put Hades and Knights of the round in, and then just mimic that to make sure that stop is always up whenever you mm-hmm. do any damage to it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, and you, you know, the first, uh, weapon that you kill, you get a, a set of master materia. Mm-hmm. which, you know, again, like there's that weird irony where you've probably done a lot of this work already <laughs> yeah. to get there. But um, the second one, you it's get always a nice to have more, you know? Yeah. That's hours of work. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Always, it is always nice to have more. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For, 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 for scary for... when we do a Pokemon game. <laughs> so, yeah. See yeah. the dark side of you, Cole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, is it always nice to have more Cole? Um, Cole, you haven't you, you haven't blinked this whole episode. Yeah. Yeah. There was a crazy girl in in high school who loaned me a copy of Final Fantasy IV. Like I played it when it came out, but before I got it, mm-hmm. and her copy had everyone level ninety nine with everything. And in high school, I thought that was insane. Like I was just like, "This is this is what are you doing? Like this is crazy. This doesn't even help you in this game because they stat down after a while." Yeah, like this is this is the worst. Why would you? You know, it's just literally just the pleasure of watching numbers go up. You know. There's a, there's a really interesting story about that in the, uh, in the responses, uh, mm. that, uh, somebody, uh, sent in. Cool. But, uh, yeah, for, for, for beating Ruby, uh, Ruby weapon, you get the desert rose oh, yay, yay. <laughs> and, uh, and then you get a gold Chico, uh, Chico book for that. Yep. Um, so that's, that's all you can really do Yep. in the game. So it's now, you know, you can just sit there like Cole's going to <laughs> and just level up, you know, master every material you can find in the world. Yeah. Um, and then they get birth new ones. So you may uh-huh. as well get a complete set of every material for every person. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause why not? 
Yeah. Um, can, uh, like we, we didn't really talk about it, but there's a whole bunch of crazy quests that you can go do to get ultimate weapons. Uh, the limit breaks are a little are kind of easy. The most ridiculous one is getting Tifa's by playing mm-hmm. the piano in her uh, yeah. in, in, in her home. Uh, the ultimate weapons a little bit more esoteric than that, uh, but uh, you know. It helps yeah. to get those because as you're going through the North Crater, you're not really focused on material growth because you're going towards the end. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to go get those if you want to uh, get more. Yeah, yeah. if you want. Yeah, because more is always good. Yeah. The um, what was I, There's something else I was going to say that you can do other than uh, just weirdly, uh, weirdly complete. Other than that, but I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, we're not going to go over all of those. Uh, no, no, and everything like that. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you 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 probably ran into a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, so you head to the North Crater. Um, you're ready to end this, and uh, you kind of go down to these kind of branching paths in the first part, mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter which way. You know, this is before the party splits up, where you're just kind of jumping down those ledges. Yeah. Um, and it and I kept feeling like I was going to miss things, and you really don't. Nope. Um, and then you get down to this this landing where your party splits up, mm-hmm. and you can send uh, send your party, and then everyone else goes another way. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, and it, like it doesn't really matter. Like one has better treasure than the other, but like you end up getting, is it everything or just about everything? It's just about everything. I like to go back through because I like to see as much of the game as possible. Um, mm-hmm. That and the, the the scenery is real cool. Uh, but uh, in general, I don't know what the math is behind it. I think that like there's probably, oh, this person's more observant, and Yuffie will probably keep something for herself. But just in general, it's just to make you not feel bad, like not feel like you're missing out. Right. But you don't know before you leave. Right, right. Which is kind of tricky. But then when you get to the bottom, everybody has some treasure for you. Mm-hmm. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I like to go left because it gets you, know, like you, you pick up, a, what is it, master all material? something like that which ends up mm. that's nice to have yeah, you know we got that going for me yeah. um <laughs> but yeah so, so this is like the city of the ancients or the forgotten capital whatever we decided to call it um in that it's like a mist game i'll just like look at all this cool stuff these crazy rock formations and glowy plants yeah <laughs> but, it's surprisingly uh, small and yeah, there's surprisingly yeah. like little to do with it like I was pretty underwhelmed with this dungeon, mm-hmm. actually. Like, I like the idea of that branching path. I like the the palette set of kind of like architecture and color mm-hmm. that there is. Yeah. The your the vocabulary of things you do is really limited, and when you get to the bottom of it, when you start doing that swirling, you know, kind of jumping from platform to platform, fighting an iron golem on each one. Yeah. Like that felt really uninspired to me. Yeah. Like I did not care for that very much at all. Compare that to the final dungeon of Final Fantasy VI, right? where you're going through this crazy tower that is made up of pieces of the world as it was, you know, yeah. and the party split up had an actual mechanical um, consequence to it. Yeah. And this just seems like a, like a huge missed opportunity. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I mean, it's, it's well, when we collect our final thoughts, like this game runs out of a lot of steam, mm-hmm. like this game, like it's, you know, it's cliche it, because we're doing our best to make it a cliche that <laughs> final fantasy games start better than they end. <laughs> but it is 100% true of this game too. Like, right. The last point, like it, you know, I, like I really checked out. Like I wasn't that invested. You know, the whole thing with Cloud's coma and him constructing this identity they wanted. It was really the kind of climax of the part of the game I cared about. Mm-hmm. Everything else is really window dressing. Yeah, you know, for me, up until some things I like about kind of the ending, which we'll, we'll yeah. talk about as well. But and it, it bears out in the play as well. Like you don't JRPGs get most boring when you are revisiting areas, mm-hmm. and the whole third disc of this is going back to places you've already been, right. with the exception of Medeal. So, like, in the ancient forest, a couple of very minor side things, but you're just going back and doing things you've already done. 
mm-hmm. you know, like it, it feels just very repetitive and, and kind of, you know, just running in place, running out the clock almost, Yeah, you know? Yeah, that, and it doesn't help that it's under-motivated. I mean, all of my misgivings about why you're actually trying to thwart, thwart Shinra instead of working with them or using their efforts to your own. It just, like, if there was if there was a good plot reason for it, awesome. Right. But, like, it really should have just been, you know, Cloud's Coma, then, you know, then, then Crater. Yeah, then then that stuff could have been on the side. Like, if you wanted mm-hmm. to find out what dangling plot threads had to do with Shinra, mm-hmm. maybe you go visit Shinra and do some Shinra yeah. stuff. Yeah. But the weapons, like, being kind of cool in concept end up being annoying to be in play as a motivating factor. You know? Yeah. Like, hmm. I don't know. Yep. And, and, and like I said, it bears out with this dungeon, which is very short and very mm-hmm. underwhelming. And just kind of, like, instead of multiple varied encounters, you're really just kind of, you know, the enemy thing that you're really focusing on are these these like parade of iron golems mm-hmm. which are huge pain in the ass enemies yeah like it's just like really really ridiculous resistances and uh you kind of do like a gauntlet of them which is kind of neat mm-hmm. but you can also just kind of run away from each one and still yeah. stomp Sephiroth. like not being the they're, going through that gauntlet is harder than fighting Sephiroth. yeah like by by a degree mm-hmm. so yeah and this has kind of like a direct analog or comparison to uh final fantasy 4 where you're working your way through the core of the moon and eventually oh, yeah. you, you get out of the rock formations and into this awesome crystal palace where, uh, where Zemus is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which, uh, man, I, I've been thinking about this. So I've been on like a final fantasy thinking about final fantasy tear, um, ever mm-hmm. since we did this and started, started thinking about it. Have you beaten the after years? Uh, no, no, I've only beaten the first episode of it. Yeah. The, like, the, like that whole thing, like the, the interior of the moon pays off in a big, bad way. Like huh. just the, just the idea of going into this alien architecture at the center of this uh, at the center of this world um, to figure out what's what, what's beyond that. So like playing this with that in mind and knowing that we're as close to the core of the earth as possible, um, you know, brought up echoes of that for me. I'm one hmm. of like four people in the world that likes Final Fantasy for the after years. That um, is true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah that's one of those awesome like oh we are beyond the beyond uh right now and not the final fan or not the uh playstation rpg beyond the beyond. hopefully not yeah hopefully. the um <laughs> yeah i mean I, like i like that uh you know i like that idea like mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. like you're, you're really far into the earth like that's it's, not it's apropos of nothing i, I reckon yeah that. i mean i just yeah. need more than that though mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's cool to me to do that mm-hmm. but it doesn't get me through bullshit yeah you know it gets me through a measure of bullshit but not infinite <laughs> bullshit yeah you know, uh, so. I think I'm just easily distracted by shiny objects. I think, you know, the, like the Ash Lake, like the, the, <laughs> the like I just, I want, like, I want something to, to do too, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I can appreciate this kind of thing too. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't carry anything for me. Yeah. It's just, you know, it ends up becoming a bonus. I want it to be sauce. Yeah. You know, um, hmm. but, uh, you know, you're jumping on the spiral staircase of floating, uh, you know, floating Mako platforms yeah, or something. Just, yeah. Mako, Mako everywhere. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you fight Genova Synthesis. I love her design. Yeah, she has a really cool design. Cool yeah. music, too. The music from this point on is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, she resembles like a hollow shattered planet with like a heart exposed at the middle mm-hmm. of it as you get a reverse shot of her when she does her attacks. And so it's a little bit, you know, ham fisted. 
to a certain yeah. extent, but still really cool. And this is the first time you've seen Genova as not a giant meat pillar. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, like a Euro Tower, and like <laughs> like a Mediterranean oh. restaurant. Man, I want a Euro. It makes me want somebody photoshopped Genova onto a Euro Tower. <laughs> oh man, that's essentially what she is. Mm. Um, you then fight. Is it is it actually called Bizarro Sephiroth? Yeah. Yep. Bizarro. Um, <laughs> you fight uh, Bizarro. I love you, Bizarro. Um, Sephiroth. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so you set up multiple parties. Yeah. Um, well, to, you you don't have to if you if, yeah. if you throw the fight against Genova, um, you, you you really just go up against Bizarro with one. Hmm. Yeah. because yeah, I didn't end up setting up. I didn't throw. I neither threw the fight nor did I end up setting up. Like I set up my initial party mm-hmm. of guys. Like I said, who do you want? But I remember setting up multiple people here. Yeah, potentially you have three parties with the uh, with the secondary and tertiary ones uh, going after his arms. Mm. Uh, so it just gives you more more targets and more stuff to take down before you can expose the core attack. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all rendered moot with one casting of Knights of the Round, which deals over seventy thousand damage and you know kills him. Yeah. And then you fight a safer Sephiroth. Yes. Um, yeah, which should probably, you know, Seraph Sephiroth makes yep. more sense because he's angelic. Um, and, you know, really, really famous music yep. comes in here, which I'll, I'll cut in right here for a little bit. You know, which is, is actually, like, I actually really like this music. It's like, so it's, good. it's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit, like, it's become a little bit of a cliche, mm-hmm. you know, for this thing, but it's actually pretty great. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing, man, the Final Fantasy VI music, that kind of, like, angelic, you know, mixing with, uh, you know, kind of prog, like, choral prog, mm-hmm. church prog that, like, <laughs> church. These, this, like, these Final Fantasy <laughs> games like to do for their final bosses is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and and you know, putting myself back in the time and place, like holy crap, this ominous chanting, awesome! And this was yep. before it became uh, like a real cliche, more cliche yeah. than liking one winged angel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Before it had a name, um, <laughs> you know, and even just like, and you don't understand any of the words, and then except for when it goes like Sephiroth, and it, it just dun, like dun, it dun. just said, yeah, those it's, awesome it's, timpani it's, hits after it. Yeah, yeah. super cool. Like <laughs> way way into it. Yeah, unapologetically into it. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, so he's got a bunch of really hard hitting attacks and also a bunch of really like kind of obnoxious attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, the way to do this at like level fifty, if you're if you're me, and you want to just get through it, is all like MP Turbo Ultima, and then Pandora's Box, which we didn't mention, but that's like one of the best enemy skills, and you get yeah. it right before this. So Pandora's Box, and then have the other person keep everyone alive with W item, and just keep it up, and you'll be fine. Like you 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 will get through it. I forget uh, what Pandora's Box does. I know you get it from Paul and Sadio, but. Uh, just a lot of damage. Okay. Um, there might be another effect to it that wasn't firing, mm-hmm. um, but you get a mercifully short animation, even though it doesn't <laughs> look like it's going to be, and then a uh, just a bunch of damage. Hmm. So, yeah, um, we we should talk about Supernova at some yeah. point. Yeah. So uh, a real a real baffling design decision that. Yeah. So you know, I, I've been keeping track of the size of fireballs that we deal with in this show. You know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. And uh, I think that this holds the record. Uh, for the largest fireball that you're that you're encountering, because it's the sun. Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it is the world's biggest fireball. Um, the uh, <laughs> Earth, the sun, the world's biggest fireball. New on Sci-Fi Channel. Forgotten worlds. Yes. The, the, so that's kind of like plays into the way that the summons and special attacks in this game can progressively getting more and more ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Like some of the Bahamuts are like that too. Yeah. Like where the like Bahamut Zero just fires a big hole into the earth. <laughs> and the other one like levitated you on a platform and then smashed away the platform under you and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's getting really, really outsized and, and silly, you yeah. know, to where like Sephiroth is destroying the sun with every attack. Well, destroying um, every planet and the yeah, solar every system along the, the way. Which, yeah. holy shit, it was Earth all along. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. The, uh, so, and pretty cool to watch the first time. Yeah. Just like, God help you if you cast it more than once. Because it's like three, yeah, three minutes, three minutes and 50 seconds. Uh, I timed it. I, I said it. I overstated it. But yeah, it's it's pushing two minutes. Yeah, two minutes. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, what what advantage is there to not being able to skip it? And Final Fantasy has never wanted you to do that. Like, nope. we talked about that in the first episode. But like, guys, it's not... It's not worth that. Yeah, like you know, it's it's cool, but never nothing's cool. Like so little like rewatch value. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, like uh, I I feel I feel like nothing good has come from a game that was afraid that you would miss seeing something that the creators worked really hard on making. Like holy crap! Look at this! Look at this! We we put a lot an awful lot of work into yeah. this, and we're going to grab your eyes and put your eyes on it. Yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah, it's a really, it's a really harmful impulse. Yeah, it's also I can't think of anything that should be unskippable mm -hmm. in a game if it's really plot relevant. Mm -hmm. You know, just give it like other games where it's like hold down this button to skip it, so you make sure you don't do it on accident. Yeah, you know, uh, that's how Dishonored does, it, and it's great. Mm -hmm. Like you have to hold down a button for a couple seconds, but you can skip every non-interactive bit in the game. Yeah, um, that's perfect. You know, you don't want people doing it on accident. But if they played it before, mm -hmm. like, you know, what you want, you want people to replay your game if they really love it. Like, don't punish them for that. Yeah. Or, you know, just do what we said in the first episode, which is show the long one first and then show a truncated version. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. Just like, show it smashing into Earth. Yeah. Like, 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 ju like just show it smashing into the sun and then oh. fire. Oh, yeah, exactly. You're good. Yeah. I don't care about what happens to Pluto. No. That's not even like, a plan anymore. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. Fuck Pluto. <laughs> Fuck Sephiroth and fuck Pluto. <laughs> I love the idea that we're bringing up the seven-year-old grudge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's like even this time, like he cast it on me twice, which uh -huh. like isn't, you know, it's only four minutes of my life, but it's like yeah. just perplexing. Yeah. And no, it's so annoying. I, I was speaking specifically to Pluto. But, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but in this one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. But, but you're right. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And you just know when you're going to see it, like, okay, I'm going to have to clean up the mess after this. And I spend two minutes thinking like, I really wish that I could cast Cure Cure Three on everybody right now, but I can't. Yeah, I wish the game. I'm glad you brought that up because every time I feel like later games allow you to input commands, like your yeah, your ETV yeah. stops filling up, but you can, if you started putting in a command, you can finish mm -hmm. it. Yeah, that drove me nuts because I just it's like this is my signal to check out. Like, mm -hmm. please let me make this decision so I can stop engaging my brain. Yeah, or, and or, or just make it when the animation's over, it pauses because I've surely walked away or started reading a book at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. check my phone. Yeah, you know. Yeah, God, how did I play this without without a, an internet in my hand? For multiple we're, reasons, guidebook or this. Yeah, we're we're ruins. We're, we are yeah. ruined humans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anywho. Um, you know, stick with the fight, yep. and uh, you'll you'll eventually win. And like I said, you can do it at shockingly low levels. Not that fifty yeah. is like shockingly low level, but you can do it without being overpowered. Yeah. Um, Whatever you're naturally at, you can power through it. And yeah. even if you're overpowered, and you can save be... right before this suite of boss fights. We didn't talk about the portable save point. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's really useful. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, so you beat Sephiroth, and you really don't have any idea if you did any good. Yeah. Yep, yep. Everything is still kind of going to shit. Yeah. And everybody kind of heads back because Meteor is still heading out. You don't mm-hmm. know what's going on. Um, Cloud hears Sephiroth kind of calling to him. Mm-hmm. And you do like a interactive cutscene style fight. Yeah. Um, you know, there's Love no way to lose so this. Much. You can't lose it. I, um, I watched in that 100 things about Final Fantasy. He go that you didn't know about Final Fantasy seven. The guy goes through all the permutations of like what you can do to try to lose it mm-hmm. and not be able to. So like Cloud will always counterattack. Yep. No matter what, like even if he doesn't have it equipped, the um, it can't hurt him. Like when you take off all of his equipment, you try to hurt yourself. There's nothing you can do to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of interesting. Like the developers thought of, you know, you were going to try to do this yep. and put in every contingency. But it's real like, you know, actually like it starts showing them and it starts doing these like like staccato cuts between the between the two combatants. Yeah. And yeah. And it's neat to see Sephiroth so wholly diminished. Right. He's yeah. gone through all these massive godlike, literally godlike transformations. And then finally, he's just a dude who is standing there bare before you, like just with this grudge in his heart, you know, all slashed up to bits. And just it's so resonant. Right. And yeah. he's still smirking, too. Like, mm-hmm. he's still kind of being a douchebag. Yeah. About this. It's like, we just met, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not quite, but like, you've like... been gone for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this whole game happened. Um. <laughs> Yeah. And you you, get, you end up having Omnislash no matter what. Like, yeah. If you didn't get it, that's how you that's how you take out Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. Um, you kill him, and uh, then uh, you know. So the uh, uh, you're getting ready to like everything's crumbling crumbling away, and uh, Cloud like Cloud dives in to the core, or does he just kind of fall into it? Because I know you get helped out of it, but I couldn't remember how he. No, you you dive into the core uh, to fight Sephiroth. Oh, to fight Sephiroth. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, and then and, like it's you know everything is crumbling around you, and uh, a hand reaches for you, and you think it's Aerith. Uh, yeah, you, you you see Aerith for a minute too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, in, in flower girl form, mm-hmm. and it turns out to be Tifa. Yep, love the one you're with at the moment. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. yeah, so so everybody gets on. This is the, this cutscene where everybody's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the person who purports themselves worse in cutscene form is Sid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just his weird plastic, blonde plastic Ken doll. Like, he's not gruff <laughs> at all. Like, they made him, like, as smooth and creepy <laughs> as you could ever possibly be. He looks like, if you've ever read um, Herbert West Reanimator, oh, yeah. there's a scene where, like, the, the guy comes back and he's he's missing his head, <laughs> like he's dead, and he puts on a wax, yeah. like, mannequin head. And they're like, <laughs> it's like, oh, it just looked very soft and blonde and kind of impossibly beautiful from, like, mm-hmm. a distance. Yeah. And it's because it wasn't real. Like, that's what Sid looks like here. <laughs> it's like, it's, it, there, there's no texture. He has no pores. Yeah. yeah. It's like he opted for some kind of radical surgery in order to make it so he had, had no imperfections. Yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, Barrett looks fine. He's just mm-hmm. a regular, regular dude. Yeah. Like Barrett works. So, yeah, Sid looks really silly here. Yeah. So blonde. Um, <laughs> so the, the, tr- the high wind transforms again to get you out of there. Yeah. And uh, you kind of zap your way out. Everything looks really bleak. And then Holy mm-hmm. starts kind of helping Meteor along. Like yeah. Holy comes out of the earth. Mm-hmm. It and, looks like uh, it's going to help. It's just kind of like, okay, cool. Holy's going to uh, going to fire, and it's going to dissolve the meteor, and then it starts drawing it in faster. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so here's the way that I want to interpret this: is that <laughs> Holy found humanity wanting and decided, fuck it. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the credits. There's a post-credit sequence where Red Thirteen has found a mate. It's 500 years in the future, and he's got his little kids. They're running, you know, through a cliff, and they come and they see Midgar, and Midgar has been overgrown, and is a jungle. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I want to turn off the game. It's just like, like, like I said, that you, know, this is, you know, civilization doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Seven, bam. <laughs> um, but then it go, fades to black, and then you hear little kids giggling and like really mm-hmm. annoying voices. I don't know what it is about the laughter of children that like <laughs> makes me want to claw my ears out. <laughs> that could be yeah. the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Gary Butterfield hates the laughter of children. I do though. Like I can, if I'm making, like if I'm talking to a kid and they're laughing, that's great. But the sound itself is really grating to me. Like uh, I think I've talked about it before. Like if I was ever a quadrillionaire, I would pay like an intern to cut out the little girl from the beginning of Radio Lab Shorts. Who like because it's like you know you're listening to Radio Lab. Short, <laughs> and I just I want to never hear that little girl again. It's so bad, like it just it's so annoying to me. <laughs> I mean, I precious. Shut up. Life is misery. Like, everyone you know will die. <laughs> so, so do you want me to say what actually happens? Yes. Okay. So what actually happened was um, meteor coming in, being helped out by Holy Eris um, shows up and kind of makes a plea from the live stream to the planet and then calls in the cavalry from the live stream, which comes out of the crust of the planet and, you know, starts dismantling meteor as it goes along. But the fate is still, you know, uncertain at this point. Cause you know, cause it fades to black, um, you know, did they, did it succeed? Did it not? And then we flash forward 500 years, which is a really long time. And yeah. we see the overgrown Midgar, you know, red 13, you know, somehow managed to breed, even though he was last of his kind and then laughter of children. Yep. Yep. Laughter of children. So not the ending I would have chose. Nope. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. And then the, then there's compilation of Final Fantasy VII, which shows that there were no stakes to anything that you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's all, uh, yeah, it was all for naught. Yep. Narratively, thematically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. That's the game. Um, let us never do this again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, like, not only did I get a little bit weary of of playing the game kind of near the end i also got a little sick of talking about it as well (laughs) like this did too much and like it's you know i can talk about dark souls forever the uh apparently i cannot talk about final fantasy 7 specifically forever (laughs) if we ever have the salary to do that like final fantasy chronicles Uh podcast which i'd love to do Uh um it'd be one thing yeah but like just you know one of that's one of the nice things about like watch over fireballs like from a doing it perspective is like Mm -hmm. It's so varied, mm-hmm. and just to spend so much time on this game. <laughs> like, yeah, everybody who who listened to it and dug it, I I appreciate it, mm-hmm. and hopefully it wasn't too exhausting on yeah. your end. I I feel like if it wasn't you know three weekly episodes that were you know longer than regular episodes, it would have been better. I just I'm I'm fatigued right now. <laughs> well, we could not have taken six oh, weeks God, of real no. estate for this, no, or like no. two, two months. Like good night. Pe- pe- people would have people would have revolted. Yeah, but, uh, but I, they may or may not have, but they should have. No, they haven't. The numbers are huge. Oh, well, good. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so people yeah. love this. I just, I yeah. just want to say, like, it's going to be a good long while um, before we yeah. do something like this. We actually know it will be. Yeah, at least yeah a year. it'll be at least a year. So, yeah. so we have our, we have our year planned out. It doesn't mean we're not doing awesome stuff. Yeah. we're doing tons of awesome stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, not quite with this uh, this level of scope. Yep, it's a long game. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. do, do we want to talk about like our first experiences with this just uh, as, as, you know, as a uh, counterpoint to that exhaustion? Yeah. Yeah. Let's remember what this was like with fresh eyes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So I was uh, 10 years old. You know, I got a PlayStation, you know, for Christmas specifically for this. 
almost. Like, you know, it came out. I was real excited. I played Final Fantasy IV. I had read about Final Fantasy VII and, and, uh, and Game Pro, or Final Fantasy II. So I was like, holy crap, bunch of other games, and now we're on seven. So I was really, really intrigued by it. You know, I played it at my cousin's house a little bit. I was like, oh, I hope I'm going to get it. I hope I'm going to get it. And then I got it for Christmas, and then just like that next couple of months around it was just entirely devoted to it. And even though I was like much too young to actually like recognize some of the significance of the themes, um, blah, 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 said anime person, um, you know, some of the nuances that we brought out here, take a drink. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it still had enough of like the goofy Final Fantasy anime stuff to like draw in, uh, you know, a 10 or 11 year old imagination, right? Right. Yeah. Right, right. And then I've just revisited it every roughly five years or so since. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I you know, I also got a PlayStation specifically for this. Um, it was, uh, I worked my first, not quite my first job, almost my first job at Taco Bell long enough to buy a PlayStation mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy VII. Prior to that, uh, my friend Derek um, had it and he knew it was a really big deal because um, we both like the 16-bit ones. So he loaned me his, his PlayStation system and, uh, and Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. um, in order to play it. And I've, I've said this before, but this is the only, the closest I've ever come to literally poop socking where I played this over the course of a weekend, um, with boxes, only subsisting on Coca-Cola and cordial cherries, um, with just literally like, you know, a, a 60 hour playthrough in the space of like three days. Jesus. Like it was, it just, it was just insane. Like I was so into it. That's something I'm proud of now, but like there was no game life balance, mm-hmm. you know, in my vocabulary at the time. Um, and I just, you know, I just thought, you know, at the time, like, oh, this is it. You know, this is this is games like this is like put a bow on it. This is what there is to video games. Like I was having my friends who are not in video games. I was showing them parts of it and watching, having them watch summons and spell effects mm-hmm. and everything. Like everything about it was just this is the you know yeah. this is the apex of I of I, stuff. I have a distinct recollection of believing that this was the not only the apex of game but like the apex of human like artistic achievement right. because <laughs> because this came out roughly around the the same time as. Uh, as Titanic, right? Mm. And I remember, I remember distinctly like reading like, oh, this actually like took in more money or like the, it sold more, it sold more units than Titanic sold tickets or something. So, mm-hmm. so, so something like that, comparing those two massive things and seeing that Final Fantasy seven actually like, came out, you know, ahead for a brief amount of time. It was like, I was like saying that like, you know, like to people like this actually did better than that huge thing that all you stupid people like. <laughs> you know, being being the dumb, precocious person that I was, and I can say with you know a little bit of authority, you know, at least personally, that I like this better than Titanic. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but just it's like that is such a weird comparison for a ten or eleven year old to make, like to have that axe to grind about video games are the medium, and then we see that borne out in message boards every single day now. Right, 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 yeah. and like in 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 the. You know, so I definitely like was so crazy about it, and this like started. You know, I went back and played some of the older Final Fantasy I hadn't played at this point. I got all you know all of the 32-bit ones. You know, on you know day and date release, yeah. like eight and nine, um, and I love those games mm-hmm. as well. Like on the balance, like this is not, you know, so th- that was definitely how how obsessed I was at the time. And I played through it a couple times. You know, I did my first playthrough, and I did my do everything playthrough once I got exposed to guides. Mm-hmm. Um, like I really like it. It's not even my favorite JRPG we've done for the show, you know. Like I, I think I like Earthbound and I like Final Fantasy VI more. I think, mm-hmm. 
But at the time, like there's there's still that goodwill was so strong that it still carries over. Yeah. And like I still think this is a very good game. Mm-hmm. It is not the be- the apex of video games nor the apex of human achievement. <laughs> um, but it is it is a very good game. Yeah. Like I you know it's it's one of those weird things where it's had such a weird. Um, I guess like the the closest thing is like that phenomenon of overrated but good. Mm-hmm. You know. Like where it's you know hyperbolously praised and then hyperbolously like shot down. Yeah. And the truth is actually like it's a real you know it's it's like a good real good B plus like mm-hmm. it's you know B plus A minus like it's good. Yeah. You know not it's, the greatest thing of all time but it's very good. It's it's Seinfeld. Yeah. 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 You know it's not yeah it, mm-hmm. it, it's it's a uh, overrated but or like Elvis people say that about Elvis yeah. I never really liked Elvis but um, yeah that's like that's the classic example for that. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I said it in the first episode, but I will say it again. You know, every time I come back to it, I am surprised at how much I, I continue to like it. It is assailed, you know, just by pretty much everybody on the Internet. Um, that's not accurate to say, but like like you said, it's, you know, the, the, the backlash is there. There is a critical backlash. Yeah, there, there, there is a critical backlash. And to find that it is not entirely, uh, you know, founded and to find that like, oh, I'm going to have fun for these, you know, X tens number of hours. Um, yeah, it's you can't. I mean, you pleasant. can't argue with fun. Yeah, like I mean, you know, if you're having fun doing it, that's mm-hmm. all that you know matters to you personally. It's also one of the things about the critical backlash is like I felt like it. Like the things that I found this game wanting were not are not the things that I hear people yeah. commonly criticize it about. You it, know, like it looks bad. So what? <laughs> yeah, and also not really. Right. Like you know, it actually <laughs> looks really good. Yeah, and and I guess like. The things that found it wanted maybe don't even necessarily have to do with the game and just have to do with me growing up further apart from the genre. Mm-hmm. You know, like I just like hammering down what things are specific and just kind of part of a JRPG, you know, has been part of my continuing personal loft quest. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, uh, you know, some of those things that really get on my nerves are just kind of staples of that genre, mm-hmm. you know, that I think are going to be a problem for anything. Um, the, uh, you know, and some of some of it, I don't hear people just talk about like, oh, it just falls apart at the end, which I think right. is it was probably my biggest problem with it is that like the first two thirds of it write checks that the last third can't cash by any means. Yeah. You know, like climax is early in a big, bad way. Um, I don't hear that addressed that much. So it's like the critical backlash is even even the criticism that I have the game is out of out of step with what most people seem to have a problem with. Mm-hmm. But it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, good game. 8.8. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I'd give it, probably give it an 8.8. Like, that's probably where this stands for me. Yep. 8.8. That sounds all right to me. Mm-hmm. Pretty good game. Pretty good game. You know what that music means. That means it's time to thank the people who made our live show possible. Yes, our live show that is going to be happening here really, really quick, actually, at the Portland Retro Games Expo. We had a kickstart. In fact, we're late for it. What's that? In fact, we're late for it. It's been a hard Fuck nightmare mode. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, boy, I missed my plane. I'm naked. Ah. Um, that almost just imagine once. everybody else at the convention naked and it'll, it no, will that conventions the weekend before and the weekend after gary oh yeah that's yeah. that's true yeah <laughs> there's probably still gonna be some spare like pubic bushes yeah. just lurking around every <laughs> woodcut of goombas that some <laughs> portlander is selling all tangled up in a perler uh magnet of a final fantasy 2 character yeah that guy was at uh at the seattle one too he still oh, hasn't yeah? sold that massive piece jesus like i i i, I, I don't know 
let's kickstart our way into buying it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We need twenty five hundred dollars, but yeah, as the, we'll put a picture of it up on the Facebook. Yeah, and everyone will support it. <laughs> yeah. I get it on Mondays. John Prendes gets it on Tuesdays. <laughs> Brian Wade gets it on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I've considered making one of those, but the only thing stopping me is buying a gigantic 20,000-piece perler um, bucket. But because they are unsorted, that means that I will spend the next three months sorting them before yeah. I make a – yeah. Hmm. Let's yeah. let's thank some Kickstarter backers. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I'll start. Colonel John Matrix. Uh, he is a frequent contributor to the show via the Something Awful forums. Thank you, Colonel. Yes, thank for you. Thank service. you for your service, yes. You sound like a – bad guy from the terminator like not even the good terminator movies like that your your handle sounds like you were the guy who sent one of the shitty later terminators like the christian bale yeah movie back it's, to us it's the assumed name of snake plissken in the future escape from dot 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 movies oh okay yeah yeah hmm. oh. yeah well, very well uh thank you to andrew klinger as well also yes. a frequent contributor Frequent and all around nice dude all around nice dude and also um former alumni of the company i used to work for so oh, hey hey <laughs> we, we both got out <laughs> yeah, yeah good, good job boys yeah um uh, moving on here uh, dan hall thank you dan yeah uh, you know you, I'm, not, I'm not gonna hold your generic generic game, uh, name against you yeah I, I like it it sounds american yeah, that's great I'd, uh, vote, yeah. I'd vote for you it's wholesome yeah it's wholesome um run for office friend yeah um another person who should run for office Speaking of segues, <laughs> is uh, Tim Ambrosini? Does he have aspirations? Um, yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, he has Am Am Ambrosish. <laughs> um, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> moving on to Andy Cabot. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. yeah, Cabot is a thing. I don't know what it is though. Hmm. There's like Cabo cheese, and then but there's a magnetic field song where he rhymes Cabot with rabbit, and I've never hmm. known what it is. Yeah, if only there was a place we could go to look. Yeah, I know. In front of us. Oh. The um next up is a uh, weed lord Boner Hitler. <laughs> um the uh yeah, who's apparently mastered weed and is also the Hitler of boners. Um so, you know, first, you know, when they came for Jewish people's boners, I didn't say anything. And when they came for no, no. for, oh. for Romanian I'm, I'm boners, gonna, I'm gonna have you, I didn't say anything. I'm going to pull the ripcord on this one real quick. <laughs> Wait, well, Although, how did you think that was going to end? It's just a reference. It's not going to end with me being like, I sure I'm glad there are less Romanians around. Like it was, <laughs> no, <laughs> it was referencing fun. a very, uh, very uh, proper quote. I know. As it's hard in the right place, <laughs> except I threw boners into and around it. So It's boner adjacent. Yes. Yeah. Now, for, mm. some, for some reason, like like that, that is the only internet thing that makes me giggle. We Lord <laughs> just that specifically, or just boner? Yeah. Uh, no, just the, the the whole phrase. Yeah, but I'm pretty into boner. I, you know, or like I don't know. Like I guess is that I haven't seen so, this in very many internet things other than just you saying it. Oh. <laughs> so what I this is this is a long-standing tradition of things I thought were original goals that nope, are no. internet memetic. <laughs> Yeah, the devices. goal is just hiding behind. So, so, yeah. so far as I know, um, not according to like know your meme or anything like that. I think I found it out from something awful. Uh, the GOP was running like this, you know, uh, sign this petition, blah blah blah, and they had a webcam pointed at like the thing that was printing out all the names. And so, yeah. like, you would submit the name, and then it would go across the webcam saying like who you were. And somebody just put Weed Lord Boner Hitler in there over and over again. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. So that's why I like it so much. And that's, that's sticking good it work. to the man. 
Good work. The wrong half of the man, too. So. Um. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But I do know who appreciates us. And that is Sam Anderson. Yes. Future guest Sam Anderson. Pretty much He's... immediate guest. Yes. He's right here in the room. Um, <laughs> Come on yeah. down. We got Sam Anderson in the studio. <laughs> this is your um, yeah. Future. So you'll hear his golden pipes yeah. soon enough. Mm-hmm. Um, the golden pipes you will never hear are those of Nolan Otto. <laughs> well, not never. Uh, yeah, like... that, that's probably not true. <laughs> um, he might be mute. Don't be ableist. Um, <laughs> the, the, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's a long day, folks. That's fine. The, 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 um, so yeah, Nolan Otto, also thank you very much. Mm-hmm. I was just, all I'm doing is just reaching out for a segue and anything that gets in the way that gets knocked over, <laughs> that's just how it's going to be. Yeah, no, I understand. We've, we, you know, this isn't our first radio. Yeah. We, we, we've thanked a lot of Kickstarter backers. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to you have to come up with something clever other than just like you know making fun of the person's name. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You know? Okay. Shots fired. But okay. No, I'm not. No, I do. I do <laughs> yeah, too. No, no, no that's fine. I'm just yeah. <laughs> overreacting is funny, Gary. Okay. <laughs> okay. Very well. We know what else is funny. Bowser, who also sure. backed us, noted Mario villain. Yeah, noted Mario villain Bowser. Yeah. Um. Taxpayer. Our, yeah. <laughs> our our loyalties lie. Um, yeah. yeah, don't let the the media get a hold of who is responsible for our funding. Yeah, you know they that's... find out. We spend a lot of time working on Mario's campaign. <laughs> just on the just show, co- just cover it up. Most of these are pseudonyms for Monsanto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. Watch out for fireballs backed by big corn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we we haven't said anything about it, but there's a real corny like corn ish undertoned all of the episodes and just like go backwards um just kind of playing at all times in a subsonic yeah frequency so if you've been enjoying corn you'll definitely enjoy uh enjoy uh corn johnson who (laughs) is our next (laughs) wait (laughs) um i see what you did there yes actually alex johnson yeah who presumably you know, probably enjoys uh, the fine products at Monsanto. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's impossible not to. Yeah, I mean, with, with over 40 million products, <laughs> how can Monsanto do wrong? <laughs> you, you better hope that some of your crops are not pollinated by some of our crops, because we're taking you down. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, Far, so if any, farm-aid, yeah. guys. Oh, man, yeah. take a look yeah. at my life. I'm yeah. a lot like you were. If anybody wants to forward this podcast to Monsanto... <laughs> Um, do so, yeah. and we'll get free canned veg all. For <laughs> we've just life. been assuming if we keep saying their name, they'll pay us eventually. Yeah, listen, we have your target demographic locked down, Monsanto. <laughs> like, big agriculture, like companies that do buying and selling for seeds on a mass scale. Yeah. Bam, thirty percent of our listenership. Yep, so. the numbers don't lie. <laughs> the numbers that we've just made up do not lie. No, the numbers don't lie. <laughs> we do. Yeah, yeah. The people who provide them, perhaps. <laughs> like, we're, we're straight shooters about our lies. Yeah. So, so. thank you very much, everybody. There. Um, we only mm-hmm. have one round of these left. Yeah. So um, if you dislike them, um, the end is in sight. <laughs> if you like them, tough shit. And <laughs> either way, they're ending one more episode. Yep. This. However, it's a special bonus episode with eleven names instead of ten. Ah, uh, true. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't want to have any orphans in that. By yeah, which I of mean course. everybody we think has to have both parents. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just so send send in your a, certification. What's the, what's the opposite of a, fe- a phobia? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of a fetish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah or- orphanophilia or orphanophobia, which would be 
harder to deal with. Hmm. I don't know. It's harder to tell. It's hard to tell yeah. who's they're, they're all around us. I, I feel really, really bad if somebody doesn't have both. Can we move on? Yeah, um, I, 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 I suppose I felt like that was fertile ground, but <laughs> let's, let's continue. I was like, yeah, I don't know which one I would be worse. I don't know. Yeah. 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 All right. Anywho, um, if, you, if you have thoughts on that or anything else, uh, oh, we can just put in the rest of the episode. Yeah, we can. We can just help this music us out. Let's do that. So. Let's, uh, let's get ready to wrap up. So thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Um, we're finally ready to announce what our next episode is. Yep. Um, the mechanics of it. So our next episode, very special episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we are discussing Monkey Island 2, and we will be joined by Ron Gilbert again. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, listeners who have been with us for a while will know that last year we had him on to talk about Maniac Mansion. We're going to be doing it uh, kind of like that, but in a different kind of way. Um, you know, A way that, I, that we think it will be better. Yeah, like as you, yeah. you know, if you listen to that, I don't know if, it stuck, it stuck out to me and Cole. I don't know if it stuck out to people who are listening that like there's a little bit of hearing the gears grind in the beginning when we were trying to do a typical watch out for fireballs <laughs> episode. And it would be ridiculous to have the developer on and just have us literally go through the game in real time, um, which is kind of what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, luckily, you know, you can't fault us for making mistakes, but we do learn from our le- learn lessons. Mm-hmm. So this time we are going to be doing a just like a regular episode about Monkey Island 2. And then that we're going to use that to kind of generate talking points and discussions and then have uh talk to Ron about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, and that, you know, how exactly they'll articulate, we're still figuring that out. Um, but that is what uh, we all have to look forward to. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. You don't hear about monkey Island two all that often. No, no. And uh, it does, it does an awful lot of really, really interesting stuff. So if you're looking to get a hold of that, it's actually really, really easy to get a hold of now because oh, yeah. of a special edition. So it's like 10 bucks on steam. You can get it on uh, if you're on an iOS device, uh, it's on there. It works really, really well on the iPad. Um, mm-hmm. Also on the iPhone. Um, it's real good. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can play it, play it anywhere. I'm actually, since that's a relatively short game, I'm going to replay the first one. Mm-hmm. And then play uh, play the second one yeah. in preparation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then can we announce our next thing? I feel like we've gotten kind of behind on that. Yeah, yeah, we we we, we can. So we're going to be talking about um, Kirby Superstar, mm-hmm. and we're going yeah. to be joined by one of our Kickstarter guests. Yeah, it's our first uh, Kickstarter episode. I guess you know the Ron Gilbert thing was something we uh, kind of hinted at. Yeah, yeah, in as, as a relation to the Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. But for the next little while after Monkey Island Two. Um, a lot of Kickstarter stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and that's all great because people who suggested Kickstarter games, uh, suggested <laughs> games like Kirby Superstar. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And we haven't done a Kirby game yet. Mm-hmm. We both really like them. Yeah. Um, and for that, we're going to be joined by Sam Anderson, uh, who donated very generously to make sure that our live show at the Portland Richard Games Expo can happen. Yep. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. Sam will be in touch mm-hmm. with you about nailing down the specifics. We're super flexible about time and schedules yeah. and all that stuff. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then after that, um, so we do a couple games in advance. Yeah. I feel like we've been we've been hiding stuff under a rock. Like, let's let's put yes, some stuff have. out on the yeah. let's, let's do it. Um, yeah. So we're doing our first episode of Wolf. Uh, yes. Watch out for lens flare, which mm-hmm. is also part of the uh, the Kickstarter thing, and uh, we are doing uh, Bioshock. Yeah, super important game that informs a lot of uh, our thoughts um, on kind of modern games and you know changes the lens that we look at old games through. So uh, yeah. I, I'm really excited to revisit this. I haven't played it since I played it initially uh, when it first came out in 2007. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I played it a couple times. I I love this this series quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's a, you know the first of our modern games. There's gonna be four of those sprinkled throughout the year. We have them all picked out. I'm excited about all of them. <laughs> um, and also we're recording that face to face at in Portland. Yeah, or the expo. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you'll it'll have a slightly different uh, different vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so if you want to get playing uh, Monkey Island Two, Kirby Superstar, or Bioshock. Um, we encourage you to do so. If having done so, if you have things to say about them, please uh, get in touch with us at www.duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, that's the easiest and best way to get in touch with us. Mm-hmm. And if you want to interact with us on kind of a day-to-day basis, you can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I think that's it. Despite it, thank you so much for sticking with us uh, through roughly 10 hours of content. Uh, you are yeah. a hero, each and every one of you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, and not like that cloud way either, <laughs> like an actual, actual hero, yeah. not a coma hero. Um, so yeah, so what should they watch out for until next time? Supernova. It's crazy long, just like this show. <laughs> yeah, I know. It started before we re- started recording, and it's still going. <laughs> so the, the, the uh, yeah, so watch out for when the sun gets here. <laughs> for when the sun gets here. <laughs> that sounds like a like the like the like a B side off of a Caius album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a really in fucking like weird threat. Like you won't be saying that when the sun gets here. <laughs> wait, wait till your dad gets home. Also, your dad is the sun. Yeah, my dad, Helios. I mean, you don't actually see her like funeral or anything in the, <laughs> the trailer, but there's no autopsy. Right. It's just like 30, the commercial is just 30 seconds of like security cam footage of an heiress <laughs> autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> bam, Final Fantasy VII. With, 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 with one. It's better than a movie. <laughs> it's, it's got one close up. It's on the coroner's clipboard and it's just written in Sharpie, dead as fuck. Yeah, it's a, Final Fantasy uh, VII. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs>